episode 238 of the F-Reality Podcast. Sharpen your steel blade, unzip those protective cases, and hop right into your wellies. It's the wet season, and we are going to jive and catch up with the crew by hugging a buzzing nest of angry bees. Here's a quick peek of what's to come in this podcast. Jose considered moving to Japan just for better TV ads, but then 180s when Meta sent their spies. Plundering the ocean never felt saltier, so go do that in VR with a mod for Dredge. AR headgear is all the rage. Uh, We've got Nemo, Magic Leap, Visor, and others vying for your line of sight. What happens when games get better? Well, we'll all be the cast of WALL-E before long. You remember? (laughs) Dive right into the hay and guts with a focus on both Assassin's Creed VR and Arizona Sunshine 2. And at the end, Jose gives us the chocolate drizzled lemon slice of game releases for a lovely dessert. That means it's time for me to introduce our crew. This lass bought into my Ponzi scheme and has been giving the world a look, a new look, through her sparkly AI-enhanced glasses. Halloween houses, boat tours, and a Diablo 4 showcase all came to life through this ghoulish gal's creepy coverage. (laughs) Well, she's not playing Peeping Tom. She's spinning out shorts, thumbing it up for F-Reality, and choppity-choppying the best bits for your easy ingestion. This hardworking hellspawn, my dear friends, is, of course, Adam Bombati. Hey, Adam. I hate you so much, you and Jasmine, because I I was looking online for a little bit for, because if I was like, if I'm going to shell out, you know, several hundred dollars, I at least want the transition lens version, you know, and I couldn't find it online, but um, I had a friend coming over. That's why we were doing all of the, you know, Halloween and paranormal themed stuff. Right. And we were walking down Venice beach, you know, just giving her the typical California tour. And I was like, Oh, Hey, a glasses shop that says it's got Ray-Bans on the front. And I walked in and I was like, you know, this would be really random, but do you happen to have the meta smart glasses, but specifically the transitions? And he's like, why? Yes, I do. And I was oh, like, no. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, so that I had to buy it at that point. Or I didn't think he would actually have it, but wow. it was perfect. Cause it was at the beginning of, um, our vacation or, you know, her, my friend visiting. So I was able to use it for most of the things, but, um, yeah, I hate you. I, um, but I do, I have been enjoying them, <laughs> I guess. I checked I out your myself. video on it and all the cover. Like you had, um, you, the thing is you took, like, I, I did a very quick, like quest three Halloween house tour or whatever, but like ever since you went into that chapel, was it for like that Diablo four expose? The fact, like, have you with those glasses? Because you plan obviously such very whiz bang tours when it comes to your holidays. <laughs> like, I go to one place, plug my kids into one side of a building, and then my wife and I try to escape to the other <laughs> side. Uh, you like hit like so many things. It's like a it, it's like a, a whole year's worth of content in just you know a week. So uh, it was really cool to see, and seeing through your perspective is really neat. But yeah, how are you getting on with those glasses, and how are the transitions kind of treating you? Because I actually. I wish I had bought that that pair. You know, that seems like yeah. the right ones. Well, the, I mean, the trip was mostly planned for my friend because she's from like the middle of nowhere in the United States. And so it's like, hey, look, city things and excitement. But the so the glasses <laughs> were just an added bonus to everything we were already doing. But um, the transitions lenses, they're they're fine. I mean, they're not as dark as I think the sunglass, the pure sunglass version is. But I do yeah. like that I can wear them indoors like or especially when I went to all of the haunted houses and stuff like if I'm wearing sunglasses in those it'd be silly (laughs) I guess but um I do wish the sunglasses were a little darker but they're fine like I 
I go out, you have to give them like 10 seconds to maybe sort of yellow tint a little bit more and then you're okay. So they're passable. I wouldn't say they're amazing sunglasses, but they work for, you know, what they are. Um, Yeah. So that's the meta Ray-Ban. And which, which, when did you go for the Wayfarers or the other ones? Wayfair. I kind of wanted the the headliner because I like the round retro look, but they did. I didn't. Beggars couldn't be choosers. It's all they had at the random beach shop. So, (laughs) yeah. And I've been surfing Best Buys lately just to see what like stock and availability would be like for the different ones, because there was one that was kind of like an aquamarine finish. And not for me so much, but for my wife, I was like looking at them and we wanted that one, but have never been able to find it. It's been out of stock on the website. And so stock is definitely an issue. Um, I'd also Mm -hmm. say that even like two or three weeks after launch, Best Buy's here, they don't even have them on showcase. Like, they're, they're not even out, you know? You have to go and specifically ask for them, and they fetch it from the back of the shop, which is weird, because it's maybe Meta's best play so far this year. It's very easy to sell that to somebody as opposed to, like, a Quest 3 if they've never tried VR, you know? So Yeah. That's if you're wanting to get them, then look for a small Ray-Bans dealer. Don't go to, like, Best Buy or any big box, because they probably <laughs> won't have them, but... Places that people don't expect to have them, they might have them because no one's looking there. That's what I learned, at least. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to move on to your highlights, but I'm going to explain why I said Ponzi scheme first. So I did return mine. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) I followed through. Um, But I'm kind of going to wait and just because I did. I had the like opposite problem that I think that you had, which was I was using them indoors probably 80 percent of the time. And as Uh we're heading into winter, I'm like. Does it make sense? I mean, we're going to have, like, if you're in Alaska, I used to live in Alaska. If you're in Alaska with the snow and all that, the bright reflections off of the snow, it makes sense to have sunglasses even in winter. Same thing is true in Canada. But I was like, the transit, when you bought the transitions, I was like, oh, I think I made a mistake, you know, because they're not that much more expensive. It's like 20 bucks surplus or something. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to hold out and maybe get those in the new year. But uh, let us know how you get on over the festivity season and looking forward to your Christmassy content, <laughs> opening packages or something. Uh, any Unboxes. any any highlights then from your trips or cavorting or VR, whatever you want to talk about? Um, I'll go super quick, but I tried the sandbox VR squid game uh, Ooh, experience wow. finally. And, and that was pretty fun. Like they I was worried about it because I was like, how skilled am I going to need to be in these versus the other ones where I have a gun, you know, but um, they do a good job of making it more mini game party game like and they do have that the glass scene where you have to walk on the glass and if you're lucky enough to have someone in front of you then that's good and it it worked out for me because I respawned right behind people at one point after I fell through and so it's just like ha and we just go to the you fall and then I don't know where to go so it was very true to the the show where it's kind of cutthroat and can you actually jump because that's the number one thing in those can you actually lift your feet off the ground and jump or do they say don't do that because you got too much expensive equipment on I mean, you probably could, but you don't really want to. I mean, I didn't feel like I want, I felt safe jumping. I mean, I even oh. tried to cheese it where I would try to step on the the metal areas between the glass to see if that would cheat it. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. They're like, oh. nope, you're just, you're in between lines. You're falling. Oh. <laughs> so that was fun. You'd recommend it or. I would. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, I mean, definitely with friends. I don't know what the experience would be like solo. They had the red light, green light thing and they, they optimize it well for VR in that there's uh, coins that you have to like reach out for in that one. So it's not just oh. get to the end. It's whoever gets as many coins within the time period of red light, green light uh, is the one who gets more in the more score, higher score in the bank. So they, they did a good job optimizing it for because optimizing it for VR. 
Well, I'm just glad they didn't there... do the uh, scratchy cookie one where you have to like outline an umbrella. <laughs> like I think that is not a game that I want to play. That looks too frustrating. I want to ask real quick, is there any sensorial um, like um, feedback? Like when you fall, like does do you mm. like does you feel like you're falling? Like what what's that like? Or do you just see like the the screen fade the, off? The, the sense of dread was the worst part in the beginning because you didn't know what was going to happen. But when you step on it, you do. It does have an animation of you falling through, but you see sort of the the warehouse you're in, and eventually it fades to black, and then you respawn. But it's still okay. you still get that initial like I'm falling. Oh shit, you know. <laughs> I would love if they did that with like a Broadway stage, like a trap door where you like you fall down and you actually oh, no. disappear and your friends are like, <laughs> oh, shit. Through my mind right now. As she was describing that. I, like, I wonder how we can make like tiles oh, just God. like actually break through. And yeah, because <laughs> then you're Seriously. like, now it's game on. <laughs> That's the first person goes, you know, uh, very good. Very good. All right. Let's move on to the next. So um, uh, the Webster's Dictionary has this guy's mugshot beside the word enthusiast. He snatched a purchase of the MetaQuest Pro right out of the gates, and I don't know anyone who believes in the word future more than he. Uh, but some say he just put Mark in the hospital due to a recent wrestling match, and uh, doesn't regret fighting the world's most suspicious robot. We believe in fair trials here at F-Reality, so would you like to comment on that allegation, Jose? <laughs> no comment, no comment. Uh, oh man, what's up, you guys? Ah, uh, just... I'm loving it, uh, to be honest. Uh, it's been a, a hectic of a week, uh, last few days. Um, I would call it tumultuous mm. validation. Um, it, it's, uh, I, I knew what I was building uh, was cool. I, I knew that I was gonna build the fastest car in this industry, you know, it's a small, nimble, smart engineering focused yeah. team. And I didn't expect to have my car be invalidated by having a jack, right? <laughs> which is which is kind of like on me for not expecting that. Yeah. But um, the the validation has been so so great. Uh, being able to and I gave Rowdy a a quick um, little video, but you know I'm not gonna let it get the best of me. You know I, I just got back from my Appa at my T sec next week. Jeez, it's Iapa um, again? We did that last I year. And I, oh my lord, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were going to go yeah. to it, but I just it totally slipped oh, my mind. Crap. That's sweet. <laughs> so we'll, um, do you want me to, is this uh, is this, is this going to be uh, a highlight for you? We're going to do it now, or do you want to hold it? Yeah, yeah? it's my highlight. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a quick highlight. You know, uh, I was able to see, uh, and I wanted to definitely talk about that a little bit real quick with you guys. It, it's, it's, we're definitely at the era of mainstream VR, for better or for worse. Right? I was going to say, um, Jose, just just be, for the audience's sake, for those who, don't, who, who yes. didn't catch it the first time around, can you explain a little what IAPA was? Because when I heard it, I was like, is yes. it Parappa the Rappa? IAPA is not Parappa <laughs> the Rappa, but it's not far off. So IAPA stands for the International and Attractions Amusement Expo. It is all the conglomerates when it comes to uh, location-based entertainment. They go and show up their next best thing, right? Water parks. Um, you know, lands, uh, pool slides, uh, laser tag is a huge thing. And virtual reality has been, you know, chugging and fighting along since 2014, reiterating, reiterating, you know, Adam mentioned sandbox VR, there's zero latency, the void. So a lot of companies have been a part of this. And this year, um, it being my seventh year attending IAPA, this was the first year where I could say VR has gone official mainstream. Every single VR attraction that I saw there was not that exciting. Mm. It's the same exact VR that you see at home. Um, it's uh, that almost sounds like a dig or a jab, but it's actually a fantastic, great thing. The the tracking is as great as it, we expect at home. 
That means that now there is a, you know, the gloves are off when it comes to licensing and software experiences. So we're back to the, the era of, I, I compare this a lot to the arcade revolution when the Super Nintendo and the PlayStation were starting to become prominent and arcades were kind of stuck thinking, wait, what do we do? How do we, you know, compete with, with home at home entertainment and arcades started taking it to the next level. That's where laser tag really became prominent. That's when, um, all of these sensorial, you know, VR and, and all that stuff. And we're back to that, you know, square one, not a lot of VR attractions, just a lot of the same stuff, but really robust battle tested of the same stuff. Um, a good example of that is VR agents by Sega, right? Sega was a well-trusted VR uh, or rather in, uh, arcade company in gaming. They, they had their VR agent arcade kiosk that I tried last year and, and it wasn't that great. The tracking was off. And this year, it felt like a brand new uh, experience. That's, that's very and being good. able to see. I'm, yeah, I've been it, so disappointed. Anytime I've gone to like a Dave and Buster's or any, like, you're always like, oh, this is, I paid more. You know, I kind of paid for the privilege yeah. and they've got the content. So they had like a Jurassic Park ride or something else. And then, but then yeah. you're like, uh, you know, the, the VR situation at home is so much better. So I'm glad Cleaner. they're catching up. It feels like arcade yeah. is like the medical electronics side of like catching up with tech it just takes them time yeah. but they do sometimes have really really worthwhile experiences kind of like what's you know adam was just talking about squid game wise you know sometimes they have the ip and they just haven't had the hardware so it's good to hear that that that's uh that's changing in that in that space yeah no it's been it's it's something it, it, like i said it, it being able to experience something like that and being able to to realize, oh man, everybody's now going to be focusing on content more than ever. And then you see the companies that have been focused on, let's say, profit over everything, are now trying to legitimize themselves to work with the competitors that they were talking so much crap about three, four <laughs> years ago. And now you see them doing this, these little conferences and assemblies around each other, trying to celebrate each other. And I'm like, Oh boy, this is this reminds me of the of the Titanic scene when the band starts playing as it's going down. It, it, it's you know as a as a futurist and and a, and a tech loving enthusiast. Oh, um, you're cracking up for me. It, it, yeah, that, uh oh, that's okay. uh oh, uh, no, it's kind of a static. It's it's a strange. It's static. How's this? Is this better? Yeah, don't worry about no? it. Don't uh -oh. worry about it. Just keep going. But um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things of um knowing that the industry is going on the right path, right? That the money no longer dictates the, 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 the momentum. It's really the, the, the creatives and the people that actually- I don't, I don't think this is usable. Crazy I don't, I don't okay. think yet. Oh no, oh no, let me- <laughs> Hold for a second there, Jose. I'm gonna move on to the next fella and just try to refresh your, uh, your, your audio setup. Yeah. Um, good call there, Rowdy, thanks. And I'm gonna go ahead and move on to uh, this lad. This lad features front, and center on this podcast thumbnail, and for good reason. He poured about <laughs> half his life into Assassin's Creed's game, and he, and he claims his PhD was almost entirely based on the historic knowledge he gained from his time across the ages as a hooded monk. He's a time-traveling son of a bitch, so don't trust him if he claims someone else might have eaten your sandwich from the fridge. He's just too tricky. When he's not hiding in hay bales or pushing the envelope of human productivity... He's dreaming of a world with more plants in every home. It's our two-time <laughs> Olympic champ and jawline model. It's Rowdy. Yeah, and, and from all of that, there was only one lie, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You gotta find it. Right? You just gotta find it now. <laughs> only one lie. No. 
I've I've been doing great. Uh, yesterday I went to um, to a Dev Fest, which is a which is an Ooh. event organized by Google uh, over here. Google and and uh, Platform Calgary are organizing that together. Um, wait, wait, which wait. Was Dev really cool. or Depth? Death. No, no, Dev. Dev. <laughs> oh, Dev. Developer. Oh, Dev. Dev yeah, Fest. Dev oh, Fest. right. Okay. So much uh, less interested now, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the funny thing that the reason why I brought it up is because they had a little bit of VR there as well. They had like a like a VR racing sim uh, that they were demonstrating there. Um, I do think they were using like an older Oculus uh, device. Like uh, I wasn't entirely sure if it was the the Quest One or uh, the Rift because I, there were so many people lined up to try it. And I was like, yeah, I, I got oh, something no. newer no. at home. Now they're saying Rowdy's robot too. I don't hear it on Skype. Yeah, end, though we don't yeah. hear it on our end, so it must be. The pickup. Okay, we'll just we'll tinker for a second, folks. Just give us a moment because we want to have a, a, a. Am I a robot too? I know Rowdy's a robot. Jose's a robot, but uh, I'm wondering if I am. Jose, speak back to me again. Just want to hear your <clears throat> one two. So Jose's one, clean two, now. You're okay. Or is but he it, though? Because they're or, hearing. Oh, I heard yeah. Jose is a robot, but not Rowdy. Person. I'm quite dirty. <laughs> just yeah. to give a bit of background here, we used to use a different streaming software, and we've just flipped over. Um, so it's your feedback—it's—it's the end—it's the, the Skype then, right? Yeah, I think I think, I think so. so. That's my my suspicion is that it might be. And uh, so I wait, thought maybe we should. I, I'm sounding like a robot to you guys. So apparently I'm no. okay. Um, and... the only one who sounded like a robot was Jose, but he sounds fine now. But then Rowdy yeah. to chat sounded like a robot, but not to us. <laughs> so Just Rowdy robot. robot. Just Rowdy's mm. the robot. So have a. Have a little think about that. <laughs> well, while you pour over how many lies I just told you about Rowdy, um, you know, it's 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 all good. But I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk to chat here for a second. Uh, bring you guys in. We'll just kind of jump a little bit ahead. Um, so I just wanted to say that we would love to hear what you've been playing as well, uh, whether it's in comments like on the replay or live right now in chat. Uh, please share what you've been thinking. You know, have your say, and we'll react to your point of view with a bit of F reality spice as well. There's obviously a lot been happening, and actually the last episode that we had was a re was a pre-recording, the first one that this crew has ever done together. It went terribly, um, and the fact <laughs> that you got anything watchable out of that is incredible. So um, great job to the team for piecing together what was literally the technological bottom point of the podcast i think ever <laughs> all four of us had different technical issues it was hilarious actually yeah. but what came out was fun so if you haven't seen that uh just harken back a couple of weeks it was actually for us it's kind of like three and a bit weeks ago because we had a podcast four days went by we had another podcast which is a little tough for me because coming up with topics was a bit of a challenge <laughs> it was a technical challenge so that it was tough for Everybody else, Rowdy and Adam, slicing and piecing and putting duct tape over things. And then now we're about three and a half weeks out. So there's quite a bit of news to cover today, and we'll try to go at quick pace. Rowdy, you want to try your audio? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hear it on my end, so it's kind of it's hard. It's a question mark. Well, we can leave it for now and kind of deal with it. Robot is better than, than no Rowdy. So we'll, uh, Rowdy, I was going to ask you, uh, with your dev fest... What was uh, what was that you were just uh, kind of jumping into there with your with your tale of of Google's showcase? Um, 
like I, I, I it's so uncomfortable because I don't know if it's actually still doing it. <laughs> it's all right. Um, the the reason the reason why I brought it up was because there was a little bit of VR as well. Um, and I actually like I, I met a person and we were talking about virtual reality at some point, and all of a sudden he said like, actually, my wife works for Rec Room, which is like I, I thought was so cool because I mean we we featured Rec Room so many times on this on this on this show as well, and to ha- then actually go to an event and then meet someone who's actually from there as well. It's, uh, it's kind of awesome. Uh, Rec Room's, that's got to be a huge company now, I think. Yeah. Like, it, it started yeah. off, it was like, I mem- remember meeting Sean in a cab, like, going to SVVR, and then they were small back then, but now they've, they've got to be. I don't know what their size is, if anyone knows yeah. in chat. Tell us. <laughs> who, and who did you meet? What was, what was their job? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know what the what the job was. Um, the, the only thing that I found funny was... Um, that because uh, he they were I was talking about there are so many people interested in buying my rec room account like I have like a lot of people buying? reaching out yeah I have a lot of people <laughs> reaching me out on, on Twitter that they want because it's like an original name I guess and there's no like numbers behind it so like some people want it oh. but he said but what could also Ooh. be is if you have like certain gear like for example something that is really in demand is the raw data gear and that really? is something that I ah. that I picked up, you know, mm. back when Rec Room was, you know, still small and was living off like, you know, competition or, or, or trying to like get more popular because of games like Raw Data, which were really popular back then. So yeah, and I have that gear, and he said that might be the reason why people are trying to buy your account because they want <laughs> that they want that gear. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well. I know for the clip, uh, I'm saying this for Adam's sake, but you need to say something sexy because Chad thinks you're a sex robot yeah. now. So you got to give me, give us one line. Right. What's your hot not? choice? Uh, I'll, I'll make it sound even more crackly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cracklier the better. You can, you can call me on 403-972. I don't know. That's not a real number. Thanks, Rowdy. All right. That's my robot. Well, that is that is with that. Thank you for enjoying our uh, sex robot rowdy. And uh, I'll see if sounds I can like... fix uh, my audio as well at the same time. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'm going to run into my highlight there in a second. Um, but chat looks like they've been. I uh, see Chris Richardson's <clears throat> been playing Demio Battles. That is absolutely one that I've been loving myself. Maybe talk about that a little bit later on. And um, my highlight this time around. It's very rare, that, especially after a three week like time jump that I would choose something that's not VR, but I'm going to pick a non VR highlight because it's topical and I'll come in later in the show. Why? Um, But yeah, I had a lot of, I'll call them like medium hit notes along the way in VR. And the thing that broke through all of that noise, being a huge VR fanboy was, uh, was steam deck Uh, because I, and it's, it's not that I didn't have access to a steam deck before I had, and I'd been playing with one uh, as part of, inheritance unfortunately but um it is is something that we we got into the house maybe two months ago and i was playing with my steam library with it and i was like okay that's all good but then honestly jose kind of put a fish hook in my mouth with emulation and man i've been playing tony hawk on there and i used to i like 100 percented both first two games i didn't know that there was a three and a four and so just going back and and hitting the grind on tony hawk brought me back to being like 16 years old again man it was like so cool so jose big thank you there there's a couple of friends in my life who are big into kind of emulation and that type of thing i've never touched it kind of like this is like pre uh pre-modding skyrim right and then post-modding skyrim like that's the that's the feeling for me so i got super into it loved all this stuff was just like tinkering with um 
how I could connect my PS5 remotely in the house as well with it using a, a program called Chiaki. Again, more friends of mine kind of telling me, do this, do that. And realized how easy and how smooth and, and all that was. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Valve goes, hey, guess what? You know, and they oh. drop the news about the OLED. <laughs> the and OLED. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit later. Sure. But man, it's been it's, that's been my highlight for the last, I'll say, month now, just in terms of learning that. And one shout out to our age old moderator here, Paradise DK, who on occasion, I'll say once in two months, will ping me a DM and be like, check this game out. And more often than not, he's feckin' right. And he was right again. So there was an awesome game, which, if you can imagine, take uh, take Hades. Do you know Hades and how you get, like, the gods coming in and all that? You get these special abilities. And then mash it with Vampire Survivors and Diablo. Um, the Bermuda Triangle of those three games. So Hades, Diablo, and Vampire Survivors is a game called Death Must Die. And it's absolutely fantastic. It's really awesome. If you're into those kinds of games, it just takes um, those, I'll call them time waster, like level up games to just another level. It You're collecting gold like you do in Diablo. So you get that kind of like arcade feedback loop of like, oh yeah, more money. But you also have an inventory system from Diablo where you're picking up like swords, belts, all this kind of stuff. And that's that's the permanent upgrade part of this roguelite. And it's just that, plus the Hades part, plus the Vampire Survivors part is like, holy shit, how did they think to put these three together? But it's as good as those other three games, but glued together. So Does it have multiplayer? That's the one thing, not yet. This is still actually in beta, I think, Um, but it's cheap. So go pick that up. It's so cool. Um, So I've been plugging my Steam Deck into my TV with my whole rumble setup and just feckin' playing that with the kids and trading that. off lives. It's got multiple characters just like in Diablo. Feckin' it's great. Try it out. So, um, without saying much between those three games, like that was, that's easily the best three way I've ever had. <laughs> so thank you very you much. To PD. Keep bringing the goods. <laughs> what are, Clearly not. So what's your, what, what's your favorite, uh, implementation of emulation for like the steam like are you using emu deck or yes i am using emu deck yeah yeah so, so it's super so emu deck and emu station mm-hmm. behind that is the is yes. the main it's just so easy to do and I've, i ran across um i forget the, the guy's name now but he's like a retro games channel and he does amazing videos just immaculate presentation and explanation of things that you wouldn't even think to ask but he answers questions i'll see if i can pull out his name um so that was a great recommendation for a game that when I'm physically out of stamina, some of you who work hard during the week will understand you like you come home from work or whatever you finished for the day and you're just like, I just can't, you know, you want to, but you like just don't <coughs> don't have it in you to do VR. Um, and then the other final shout out I'll give uh, a non VR shout out to Buddy Rowdy here uh, is that I'm going to go see Tool on Tuesday. Nice. Uh, for their last uh, North American show, which is in Toronto. So they're showing for two nights and we're going the final night. Um, so can't wait for that. And picked up something that for anyone else who hasn't blown their ears out yet, I thought I'd just show this off. This is a little teeny tiny little capsule with two ear protectors. They're like plugs. They're really, really cool. They're called eargasms. Um, and what they do is they take the sonic footprint of whatever you're listening to, reduce it by 16 dB without you sounding like you've got earplugs in your ears. Like, it's really weird. My wife and I both tried these, cranked our stereo system to maximum, the point where, like, it would be painful to listen to, to test them out. And we were like, 
We're like, we're still able to hear each other talking perfectly at like room level. We're still able to hear the content perfectly. It was really bizarre. So a bunch of Tool fans were saying concerts are super loud, painful. People are having tinnitus coming away from them. Uh, You know, plug your ears. And so pick those up. So those are eargasms in case anyone else has has that in their future. Yeah. I never thought about it. Yeah, but like, I, I've yeah. had those like custom molds which ha- which have a, a very similar kind of thing because you have like decibel yep. plugs in them, but yep. the, you can still hear like because I, I I used to with the bands that I played in I used to use those for like rehearsals and stuff like that and they were like brilliant because you can hear the voice so much better. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never knew about this tech before. I would I, I've used earplugs a few times because I care about my hearing and I'm an audiophile. But when I came across these and like compared to what was good out there. Like the flat response is crazy. It's crazy. I, I didn't think that was possible. So anyway, if you're in that space and you're 20, save your young ears. Don't hurt your ears. Like <laughs> I just got to say that again and again. Anyway, with that, um, we have a loaded news train incoming. But first, let's bow down to the Alpha and the Omega. And that is this week's sponsor for F-Reality. It's one you might not have heard before. This is Vertex Stadium. Sounds like Pokemon Stadium. It's Vertex Stadium. In short, it's a virtual arena where you can watch competitive esports games as if you were there in an IRL arena yourself. I've actually never been to one of those. I always see like videos of like, you know, Koreans surrounding, you know, a giant stage and they're just all going crazy around some esport. And I've always wanted to try it, but there's never been in my area. So this allows you to, from the comfort of home, uh, go in and have a multiplayer experience. You've got proximity chat there, so it's easy to chat with other people if you like. Um, it actually works on both in VR and on desktop, in case you don't have a VR headset. Um, and it's free. That's there on Steam. So you just have to opt into the experience and you can get right in. Um, the way it works is, and I'll give you an example from two different titles. They've got kind of Counter-Strike and League of Legends, and there's games that they're building for. They do a bit of what I would call injection. Uh, so they do a 3D recreation tech on the actual game itself. Um, for example, what we're showing off on stream was they did this for Counter-Strike Go a few months ago, uh, where they had the level like DE Dust or whatever popped up, you know, outside uh, the map and you could see where the players were running around at the same time on a large kind of cinema screen in front of you. You're there in the audience and you're looking at um, at the action happening there up front on screen. Um So definitely, uh, this is something to check out. They've got an upcoming League of Legends uh, world champ that's also happening. And I believe the next one is tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, So check that out. There's a link in the description. You can jump to Steam, grab the copy of the client, and that is uh, Vertex Stadium. If you're a Counter-Strike fan like me, other news about the future might be interesting to you. So they had done CSGO, but CS2 having recently launched, I think it's going to be particularly neat allowing players to kind of enter in that arena, maybe even root for your favorite team, wear a t-shirt like that. You can customize your avatar in the scene, which is pretty neat. I I want to go test that out for myself, just see how good it is. I like the customization that way in in titles like Golf Plus, so that'll be pretty interesting there. I think there's promise to watching that, and who knows, maybe one day you get to see the four of us, you know, with our VR shenanigans uh, in an arena setting. I thought that would be kind of cool, even the podcast in that kind of situation. Anyway, um, Adam, I know you've had a chance to have kind of a go with this before yourself. So, uh, what were your what were your impressions about trying this out? And when when and where did you get a chance to go hands on with this? I've been at so many events, I forget which one, but it was either either um, CES <laughs> or GDC, one of those. But uh, Tim got to show me sort of the early early but pretty much done version of it for when uh, for counter-strike and it's really cool so there's two different parts to it there's the what you can do as the 
the caster or the host, I guess, of the the match. And then, of course, the spectator experience where you can see that either in mm. VR or on the browser. But I really liked um, the different effects that you can have on, I don't even know what to call it, like the map, the stadium. So say mm. that you're in, like the the map is a snowy or rainy map. You can actually add snow and rain to the stadium and change the lighting so that it it affects the Ooh. you know reflects the same lighting as whatever the map is it's like this it's a lot of customization you can do with this thing and tim is so nice but the um even the different i don't know what you want to call them the, the screens <laughs> it's hard to compare real to virtual depending on how you're looking uh-huh. at it but being able to customize and have the different players show up on there like this is great for people like me who don't necessarily like going to physical esports events, but want to mm. kind of participate mm. and see what that would be like, maybe, except even better because the you have full control of the map. So you can either be, you know, normal person sitting in the stadium, or you can actually go like into the map to see what each player's doing. It's totally it's 3D, That's so you bad. can be able to rotate it around. Um, it's like when you see those work? over, how does that work? So you, like, and that's, I don't, so, I didn't so you, make it. So from, from a counter-strike <laughs> perspective, if you're looking at another player, are you seeing a 3d player model run down the map? Like, is it, yeah. wow. you'll, you'll actually yeah. see, um, I don't know any player names, so but cool. yeah, you'll get to see where all of the, the teams are like they're a physical, uh, representation of them. Like it's these counter-strike that either, um, you look at a terrorist of somebody and you can tell where they are on the map. You can either view them from um, like an above view to the see them all together. Bird's eye view showing bird's the full view. map, right? Showing yeah, the team kind of how their how their dynamic is working. That's so it's cool. It's crazy the way it's Yeah, that's so neat. So that's neat. Um, as I said, it's it's free if you want to check it out, right? Something coming up tomorrow. So pin that in your calendars. Um, I'm looking forward to this because we had this kind of implementation and I don't remember the name of them. It, they would be a competitor if they hadn't died, but there was another product about maybe three, four years into VR's kind of new era with the Rift and all that. And and they used to put players into the game, like, for example, virtual simulators and stuff like that. So it's been this this section has been unfed for about three, four years. And I'm really keen to see if now with VR where it is, it can latch on and uh, and really thrive. So that's uh, Vertex Stadium. Thank you for 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 that. That's and cool. uh, I know that Jose has uh, donned his uh, Superman uh, outfit now. <laughs> uh, we'll uh, we'll come back to Jose in a bit. And with that, it's on to the news. Hey guys, still here? Yeah, okay? we hear yeah. you just fine. So you're good. Yeah, no, it's something. It's something going on with my camera. It keeps like crashing it. So yeah. uh, I will I will stay here in, in spiritual form. Sounds good. As a Skype logo. <laughs> Sounds, I'm, I'm... My, 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 uh, I unsheeted my mask. That's right. <laughs> with Skype all along, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a few things. All right, so we'll yeah. go with that. Um, all right, so in the Sony camp, starting us off, I took on Adam's recommendation and went chopping down, chomping down rats like peanuts at a ball game, uh, and found myself yeah. uh, in in Vampire: The Masquerade Justice. But honestly, I found myself really frustrated with the game, and I'm wondering if it's just me. So, Adam, you. you gave us some impressions <laughs> last time. Uh, I got stuck in kind of a dark Venice area, and I wanted to ask, like, what am I doing wrong? Because all I could see, I got stuck in a particular part of the map where there was like 10 locked doors and I was like pulling my hair out, couldn't find my way out, kept going back to the central hub map. And I was like, well, that's it. I think I'm done with this uh, for now. So I don't know. Did that give you any trouble? Uh, the level I mean, in 
you it there's does? like only certain they unlock as the story progresses so some will stay right. locked until you get to that certain point in the story where you go through it but i haven't been oh. stuck like that because it's you're talking about the area outside of yeah the hub right where you go out and then right. you go through a gate to start your mission Does, so is it kind of like uh, i'll say like super mario plus. 64 where you're supposed to go back to the hub to pick up your next mission and then you go <laughs> find the right door yes yes so you go back ah. you probably talk to the nosferatu he tells you some stuff and then then you go to somewhere else from there so maybe maybe you skipped around somehow or you just yeah. got lost or <laughs> so, something happened um my game bugged a little bit as well because there were chains oh. on doors that would just hang there and the door would swing open and i'm like i don't think I'm supposed to go through here so I'm gonna go back I'll revisit it but it was it was fun for what it was it felt very limited as far as I had gotten um so I know you gave us some impressions last time um did anyone else get a chance to play uh Masquerade I'm just curious Jose or Rowdy no okay so we'll leave that one for now I'll come back when I get a little bit further but thank you the Super Mario thing was just clicking as I was asking you the question and I was like maybe that is it? He's not a very hug-friendly guy, Nosferatu. You, you kind of try and <laughs> give him a hug and he disappears. I was hoping I'd be able to give the old guy a, you know, a little huggy, but no. Um, so that's that one. Second up, we had a big, in the in the PSVR 2 space, we had a big patch uh, for Gran Turismo 7 on PSVR 2. I, don't, I wouldn't normally talk about it. They have patches on a regular basis. And honestly, they're not much to write home about normally. But it's not often that we get a brand new track. So for anyone who's like a GT7 fan, I want you to load your copy up, go back, get your headset on, and go drive around in the snow. This is like a totally new aspect of GT7. So you have to purchase snow tires for every vehicle that you want to go on this map. It's not a big deal for a GT7 fan. Uh, you know this if you're going in the rain or the wet or whatever. There's like 12 different types of tires, and you have to buy different tires for every car. The permutations are insane. Anyway, newly, they brought in a Canadian map. So again, I have to shout it out. Hey, um, Captain Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Lake Louise and I have to say it's crunchy snow um, doesn't feel like gravel doesn't feel like dirt feels really cool it's not powder um, but it feels at night in particular the lighting feels like a snow disco or a ski lodge it's just really neat like um, like purples and pinks like all over the snow as you're racing around so that was super fun actually Lake Louise in a totally different type of map um in Assetto Corsa used to be my favorite track, which was a 50 kilometer drive all over the mountains, come back down into the town, zip past a hotel, loop around the lake. Like that's what I was hoping for when I heard Lake Louise. And it's not that it's just a ring. It's a ring track in, in a bowl of mountains. Um, but uh, hey, maybe at some point GT7 can bring that type of uh, track so that we can all enjoy our cars, but in a bit of a more free, free mode, like, you know, just drive around and show off your show off your stuff. Uh, GT7 is a killer game. If anyone hasn't tried it out yet, uh, honestly, still my game of the year 2023 so far. Wow. And only because I can't give that award to No Man's Sky because it was only content patches that allowed No Man's Sky to do what it's done to my life uh, more recently. <laughs> so that's GT7 and a little bit of PSVR 2 news. Um, on the meta side, uh, for what can only be described as our VR Disneyland, a place where everything feels a bit nuts, uh, feels puppeteered by animatronics, and you can't really trust what you see with these guys, but it's a great ride, and uh, that's where you'll find families. Just keep an eye on Mickey Mouse, or he'll pickpocket you, no doubt. Uh, first up, we have a pair of off-the-wall meta ads, which the crew begged me to feature, to my chagrin. My... <laughs> 
Uh, my wife is learning Japanese and knows to go into another room when she's doing so because I do find it grating. Uh, but hey, here it is. Uh, meta, meta quest in high-pitched anime girl voices. Meta, 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 meta. loud sigh. These are crazy ads. Okay. They keep, they had great Resident Evil ads. Um, which one of it was you? Which one of you told me to, to do this? Was it Jose or Adam? It's one of you. Me. Yeah, they do great game ads, but I think maybe because this one's Horizon, it doesn't, it's not, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I love it. I, someone translated some of the comments for me and they were also not, <laughs> they were great. They weren't very positive <laughs> about this ad. Going from an anime girls to what the maybe the horizon avatars are trying to look like anime girls is just so but like it's very what, strange like even like what i mean i don't know what is with, up with the art style but like one of the girls looks like she's not even wearing like anything under her shirt like i mean yeah look at what this lagging the, even? The, like the first thing i was i was like <laughs> oh my lord wait oh, what's going right. on here jesus lord <laughs> <laughs> Kind of awkward to have this in, a, in an ad with like the, the dark spots here. Meta, meta. I don't know. Meta, meta. Yeah. Oh my lord, Rowdy. Kinda Jesus, weird. I didn't Kinda see weird. that either. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, it is weird. It is weird. So that's the first one. And that's not even the only one. There was another one that released recently as well. So there was a Samba de Amigo trailer. I still haven't played that. Uh, where there's another uh, person who's um, presumably a, a Japanese lady. She's properly shaking her stuff uh, with those colorful maracas in this music rhythm game. Euphemism? Why? <laughs> you guys are all nuts, but like, why, why do you want this? Why do you want us to show off these ads? I mean, I, I think the Resident Evil one was cool. When they did the live action one for like... Um, uh, when they had the the day of de, not day of defeat, um, uh, what's the thing I'm thinking about here? Saving Private Ryan style beach scene, uh, Saints and Sinners. They did all that kind of real like cinema cinematography, That's looping cool. then into to, um, uh, Population One. Like those ads last year were amazing, paramount, really good. Hats off. These are these scare me. These really scare me. I disagree. I, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, wow. I think, like, if anything, they should triple down on this style of advertising because that's what VR is. Like, that. that's like when you, you just tell yourself, it's like Disneyland, yeah. right? So, like, when, when you think about it, like, the, the problem with even the ones that you mentioned last year is that they try to <sighs> take too serious the, the, the fact that you are being transported to another world. Like, if I'm going to be transported to another world, it better be crazy balls out, you know, monkeys with maracas. You know, I, I don't think that's world it. And environment, I think, you, know? you know what I think this is? This is uh, the, the, the same ad style they were using for the Wii uh, move. Like the, the you know, the, Ooh, the yeah. I was I was called Wii, right? Wii remote. Wii the Wiimote. Wiimote. The Wiimote. Like, you know, and they, you had all the these Wiimote crazy like ads as well with like, you know, yeah, these kind of yeah. shaker things, like people dancing, yeah. like this kind of stuff. And like, I mean, it, does, it doesn't hit for me, but <laughs> it definitely yeah. worked for that. It definitely and, worked and for that. And that's a specific market. It is closer to what you actually get, right? It it, yeah. it feels like the yeah. 2022 ads, and it plays like the 2023 ads with Gracie screaming anime girls, <laughs> yeah, it, it, and maracas. I mean, have you played like we, we? That's one of the the biggest like you know pain points for us, but it's actually like part of the culture of VR is the screaming, screeching kids, right? For better or for worse, that is the culture that VR is going to enable, and that's. They they fully understand that. I I genuinely believe that 
what's stopping like mass adoption for for the younger kids in in, in, in at least the nation in, in the in U.S. market is that they're not doing this type of marketing here. It, it's very serious when you look mm. at the the population one, the the Resident Evil ones. It's maybe that, and that's when I start thinking about it. Maybe that's the reason why Grand Theft Auto isn't going to be, you know, maybe not going to be brought up for the quest because how would that trailer look like? Are Great. they going to show a guy <laughs> show like, you know, showing show a Chevy backing over a dead prostitute? Hell oh yes, exactly. <laughs> that would be. So how do you how Meta. do you show that in a silly, funny way? It think of the original San Andreas trailer for that when, when it came out it was the 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 um guns and roses welcome to the jungle they show a guy you know with a rocket launcher jumping off a that's building a that's how you got to show me they love for me they need more ozzy osbourne in the ads like that's <laughs> listen I, I don't know what's going on with vr i just saw another vr trailer with the uh, ozzy on it i i think he honestly i will never ever ever speak ill of Ozzy Osbourne's involvement in gaming or technology. Never, I, I thought it. you like, did. I thought that's done and dusted. <laughs> like, no, no, man. He he that's owns funny. the VR. We should get him from Reboot Imagine. You know, have him. Have him. <laughs> I should, right? Just get him to just like, like oh, be the shack of VR. <laughs> okay. Okay, deep breath. Moving on, moving on. Definitely. Um. Anyway, so the you 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 did spring something in my mind, though, that I wonder if like they've been absolutely blatantly copycatting across off of Apple for their marketing. Are they now turning, given their focus really is on console, are they just copying, cloning what Nintendo used to do? I mean, it, it kind of looks like that. It really does. Um, but on to more questionable material, we've all done questionable things for either exposure, viewership, or just to entertain those watching us or for ourselves. Cause some of us like a little tittle. Um, but there are limits. So here's a kid, I'm just going to show in a second, who brought his quest to the airport and decided it was a good idea to shoot virtual enemies in this setting <laughs> in a bid to get showcased, I don't know, on NBC oh, or daytime this. TV. You know, you know, when, when I saw this clip, I like texted Viper and I said I like, like, did you travel anytime recently? Because this would be so hit. I mean, this happened to him. Like, you guys know that he got booted out of the first MetaConnect, right? Because he yep. was carrying swords. The knives, the swords. And also, <laughs> not long ago, he was in, I remember he was in the Irish Times or something um, because he had done Onwards. a really graphic video. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember that, Rowdy? Like, he just, oh my God. Yeah, he, I thought this was Viper well, as well. But. He, was, he, was, he was in the New York Times indeed because he had, he had played, um, he had pretended he had PTSD and he was playing uh, uh, onwards, and he was like acting that out. Oh no! <laughs> I love this. I love it. Yeah, so it was much. hilarious. At least he's using controllers versus like gun hands, I guess. And he could be playing anything, as far as people there know. But if only they yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing. And so the the problem for me isn't that he tried it. I love crazy experiments and stuff. It's it's just when this is like when you know a Magic the Gathering card gets to the PTA member. And they're like, oh, it's got demons on it. Shut it down. You know, uh, it's it's the perception from outside yeah. parties yes. of what VR means and what VR users are going to be doing. It's yeah. like and it's a bit of a dickhead move, honestly. Right. To kind of post this. Yeah. I get it. You do it for the views. But I honestly felt like that move was uh, crossing the line, which is something that our friend Lonely Viper used to love to do. So <laughs> he's become a he's become a VTuber. Guess he didn't like getting in the suit all the time. And uh, <laughs> go check out his Twitch channel, Lonely Viper. He's got twins. Poor fecker. 
Uh, so, you know, his life changed. Uh, <laughs> was he in the middle? Was he actually in the, like, outside an airport or, like, in, He's the, in, it. in an airport? He's in an airport. Oh, man. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I wish, I, oh, man, I wish he was, like, on the floor, like, like pretending like he just got shot. Like, tell my wife and kids I love them. <laughs> or something like that with the VR heads. <laughs> uh, but there's been loads of this kind of stuff happening ever since Quest 3 with its video pass-through capabilities and recording. There's going to be more, and I guarantee you, when Apple Vision Pro comes, people are going to be doing this again. So I feel really bad for people who are in the service industry, baristas, all this kind of thing, who are having to put up with headsets. What if there's going to be a ban on VR headsets? I, in I can't places. wait for that. Well, I can't. This is what you guys going to do. You're going to buy. It's called an ultra bright wide light bulb. You want to make sure that it's infrared coated uh, so it can disrupt tracking. You're done. Oh, so, it's like a, it's like one of those sonic noise generators for insects, which old people install in their homes, but for <laughs> VR headsets. So when they walk in, they're just flooded and they can't, they can't operate. Still, there is someone going to die. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Like someone's going to get shot yeah. in the US because they were thinking yeah. that he was. Uh, that is definitely going to happen. Yeah. I do think so. Yeah, something, something. Yeah. Not, I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think there's going to be a traffic accident. I think someone's going to be an idiot in a car, put this up, and I hope they don't hurt somebody else. And and so, yeah, like I get it. Do the fun, crazy experiments, but not risking others, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, I wanted to wrap up the meta section today with a spotlight on a particularly emotive topic: um, quest for business, or as I would like to call it, Facebook Imagine. Uh, Upload shared an article which highlighted a mass device management offering with a support model for two modes at a really cheap price. Um, So individual mode for 15 bucks a month, which supports Microsoft Intune, VMware, Workspace One and Avanti UEM. So for those companies who would like to give a headset to a user like a laptop. And then there's a shared mode, which is more of I'll call it like a convention center offering at 24 bucks a month. Uh, which is device management and allows the administrator to control everything on the headset. So if you just want people to play one device, like at a trade show, for example, um, or mass user training, say you're Walmart and you want to train all your employees, you can just control everything about those devices remotely through a central hub, which is pretty neat. We saw this actually at the last Oculus Connect. And I do mean Oculus Connect in 2019, they were showcasing this type of thing. But finally, it's popped up out of the woodwork. They've obviously been tuning and working on it for the years. And out it comes. The interesting part about this is the support model. And I'll definitely ask Jose to comment on this part. But the support for them that they're offering is a 24-hour SLA, which is support tickets. So you send them a ticket and say, hey, XYZ isn't working. They'll come back to you within 24 hours on the lower tier. On the support plus tier, which is a bit more cash, uh, it's a four hour SLA. Uh, and so that service level agreement means they'll come back to you in four hours and are available during the weekend. Honestly, if I need help, I, I want to, fa- I want you to be there right now. I don't want you to be, I don't want to be waiting around for you to come back with a ticket. I don't care the price. Like I need help. I need help now. Right? Like I'm not waiting to have the showcase be done. Clip that. <laughs> I need help. I need help now. No, no, It's a gift. But I know... This is near and dear to Jose's heart, his business, right? And um, so I just wanted to understand a bit about, because I don't know, right? Like we've had our intros a year ago. We've talked about it in passing, but this is an honest interest. Like I've seen um, Meta try to do this kind of thing kind of before. This is a new coat of paint for them and a new offering on their like application management hub. But then on the support side, that's new from what I've seen. I haven't seen this before from Meta. 
Um, your business doesn't operate far outside of this space, so I'm, I'm really curious to hear kind of from the heart, like what your business does and offers, what Meta does and offers, what you're reading into this, and how those two compare and contrast. I would just be really curious to know. Yeah. Um, so uh, first things, Meta for Business is what you call a mobile device management mm -hmm. that's focused on headsets, right? So these have existed for laptops and, and, and other enterprise-tuned um electronics right like your phone like if you get a phone but corporate you know you can't you know download netflix for example or use internet on it so those those that infrastructure is now viable for virtual reality because we are starting to see a lot of enterprise focus activations uh, you mentioned uh, conventions where people are doing product demos and, and, and you, the last thing you want is somebody to you know go into the oculus menu and open something else when you're when showcasing software um this, these tools have existed, as you mentioned, since 2019. Meta has been trying to figure out, reiterating, you know, dropping it, reiterating, dropping it, trying to figure out how builders and, and the people who are showcasing this or managing these devices um, have the right tools to, to do so. Um, that's something that, that, you know, competitors have existed. There's uh, one of our partners at Reboot Imagine called ArborXR. Hmm. ArborXR is actually one of the leaders doing this. They have been doing it probably longer than than anybody has doing mobile device management before VMware One, um, fully integrated with these platforms. Um, but they were having, and ArborXR was having a similar issue that Meta uh, was having is the, the, the tools, uh, although they're robust, they still need to have, let's call them power users that understand this infrastructure, understands the tools, that understands how to take these to the next mm -hmm. level and being able to create you know, actual robust infrastructure for the people that are going to be showcasing software. Because when you think about it, they shouldn't be also figuring out, you know, how to start the games, how to close it. There's there's a lot of variables there that, that are very important when you're showing something for the very first time, mm. right? So that's something that Reboot Imagine, you know, and I, I fortunately figured out very early on because I come from the arcade mm. world, right? So I've been dealing with operational, you know, um, and rolling into the headset and the, 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 the unrolling of the headset when they're done with the experience and making sure they had a good time because I'm fully aware that, if they had a bad time, they're not going to try VR ever again, right? So figuring that out through, through all that data, reiteration, talking to clients, getting that feedback, I was able to figure out how to, let's say, build a perfect Trojan horse for mobile device management, and it's through managed service providing, right? It's to make all of these tools and, and, and infrastructure seem like magic, right? So I am the AI. Yes, all of the tools... That exist, but we're going to manage it for you. So now vendors or conventions, uh, they're going to show off software. They call us and say, hey, we're going to do an activation with 40 headsets. We want to make sure that only this launches and closes. Nobody can, you know, manipulate the software. And now they get to focus on the showcase, right? They don't have to focus on the technology. They don't have to focus on, you know, tracking. If there's any issues, we were able to you know, reset the headset, uh, wipe it if somebody steals it. I was going to ask you that right? because that's a, that's yeah. a corporate, again, it, from a corporate security or trade show perspective, you might have stuff loaded on there that's sensitive. Yes. And if a wireless headset walks out the building, what do you do? Wipe it immediately. Right? You can't leave your yep. booth because you got seven other headsets sitting there. Someone yep. runs off with a quest and you're like, oh, shite, I'm screwed. Like, so does that mean, what was the software stack that you mentioned that's used? So it's called Arbor, Arbor. XR. That's yeah. our, it's our internal infrastructure. It's pretty much the same tools that you see yeah. where Meta has always had it. The, the differences between Arbor um, MDM infrastructure and Meta's is that the Meta's one is only focused on Meta devices. Right. So you, what happens if you are showing a, like Demio Battle, for example, right? 
that it's available also on Pico and you want to do an activation that's demo focused and you're like, man, wait a minute, but I have to do a different MDM. And now you're using two different platforms on the back end mm -hmm. where you can reach out to Reboot Imagine and we'll set that up for you. And now you have both headsets running at the same time. There's software parity. You get to focus on the differences on the controllers maybe, but right. So what we mm -hmm. do is we build infrastructure for the people that are actually building it and the ones who are managing software not also having to incorporate managing of the headsets into the mix, right? Which is what I call confidence boosters for adoption. And yeah, that, that required a lot of reiterating, a lot of conversations. Financing is a really big thing when you yeah. think about people that adopt headsets at scale. You don't want to spend $500 per headset times 5,000 employees, right? So we we were figuring out how do we get adoption at that scale, right? So we partnered with amazing financing companies that allow us to build let's say a, a a turnkey solution where you can get let's say a laptop a headset and uh, managed services yeah. for under and, 50 dollars a month and the right? reason why i'm really really interested in this because i think we're, we're waiting on this like point of inflection where work is going to transform like maybe not overnight but some organizations will be adopting i'm going to buy a headset and you're going to use it for work and you can connect back to maybe a virtual slice kind of like a vmware type job right yeah. and it, i think it'll really transform not just how we game gaming has been done like gaming's done we're on the right tracks it's on the road but like the work side has only just in 2023 really kind of tipped over to the point where a consumer device for not very much money could be used by a small business and then they want they have this need they have this need for not only support but also how do i manage the device i remember a company run by two two lovely brits um, called Virtual Umbrella, and they used to go and take 60 Oculus Go devices and set them all up and do a showcase, maybe the Jeez. health seminar or something, but it was brutal. Like, they were literally taking headset by headset. There was no central management, you know, at the time. Yeah. And so watching that evolution over the last, particularly the last four years, has been really interesting. So thanks for that kind of cross-sectional yeah. comparison, because... <laughs> A lot of times, I, I, I get it, we're like very gaming focused, but there's a really important mm -hmm. vessel that's like moving maybe silently in the night here. Yeah. And that's work, like VR for work. Mm -hmm. And it's coming. People are paying attention to encryption, the Microsoft partnership that we talked about, like over Christmas, you know, with Meta. And I'm finding myself working in a headset now, um, whether it be for, you know, podcast stuff or or even just my day job, you know, and why? Because it's more comfortable for me. I don't want to wear glasses. I want to look at a giant screen and just have things at like comfortable text size. So yeah, that's really, really neat. It's, it's super, it's super important. And, and, and you know, you mentioned the, the airport scenario with VR and <laughs> we are almost unfortunately in a similar tightrope for adoption for work uh, when it comes to using virtual reality for that, where VR is still associated a lot with gaming. It's considered a gimmick, right? And as you mentioned, the Quest 3 and Mixed Reality has now started to say, wait a minute, like monitor reprojection is actually a lot cooler than, than people are, 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 are uh, were initially thinking. And with that yeah. comes confidence. People shunned right? it. I just got to say that. Yeah. I mean, it has been because mostly it's been gamers, right, who adopt the headset. Then they shun it. They're yeah. like, oh, you don't want to. Oh, it's a flat game. You're playing in a VR headset. What are you doing? Is this just yeah. for clicks? It's like, no, that's comfortable. It's great to play it that way. And guess what? You can also work that way. Like your airport scenario. Mm -hmm. It's so I would I would totally bring a keyboard and a headset yes. if I could work in an airport and burn a couple hours. Yeah. Hell yeah. Play Counter Strike. 
and it can burn and it's so, and it's so yeah i want to do counter strike but it, it's so important right because we I, I think a lot about and that's the reason why i'm so passionate about what i do with reboot yeah. imagine and the metaphor business you know countering offerings uh, hurt me on a really deep mm -hmm. level because it's not about the competition like i'm ready for it you know what i mean that it has nothing to do with that it's how much i care about adoption a four hour one day response you mentioned it yeah. yourself Imagine a 5,000, an insurance company. Um, I, I can't talk a lot. Of, we'll talk a little bit more about that next podcast sure, sure. because I have a really cool announcement, but I'm working with a very, very large uh, medical institution oh. that's thinking of, it's having these amazing conversations and they saw the metaphor business offering and they saw the one day, four hour, yes. and we were like one hour or on demand, you let me know. And that's the right confidence for adoption, yep, yep. right? That we, we, we often forget the importance of being able to have reliable technology, maybe because we're in gaming, we often don't think about that, but <laughs> think about your, I mean, it happened to me, my, my webcam stopped working when I'm doing a podcast. Imagine that happening when you're having, you know, a, a million dollar negotiation or, or, or whatever. It's there's a lot of infrastructure that's required to build confidence. Okay. And, <laughs> you just said confidence. And I just read in chat, Thomas yeah. McNostal said, we need to see a steel foundry worker or lathe operator working in <laughs> VR. I don't want to see that. Oh, that sounds God. so hazardous. It's happening. Oh my God. It, it's, it's actually happening. We're, we're seeing remote robotics, you know, that's going to become a really big thing. Shout out to OpenX, who is going to be at IT. Like, there's a lot of momentum wow. in that world. And it's so important, especially us being gamers, the people that understand this technology. And I, I was having a beautiful conversation with uh with Jay Dunn uh, from the community, and one of the things that I that I'm that I keep reiterating is every single person that's in the VR industry right now, as an enthusiast, whether you're just actively gaming a lot, there's going to be a moment where you're going to start seeing a beautiful line on job descriptions looking for people yep. with VR experience, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden that little line that just even if you're just gaming, it's going to become a very lucrative thing, and it's going to make life video games, right? That's something that people don't often realize is we are about to enter a world where everything's going to become accessible. Nobody's really going to have an incentive to want to work. And the ones that are going to <laughs> want to work are going to be incentivized in a really cool way. And once again, things that I learned from an arcade, right? I, when I, 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 one of the things that when I built an arcade, we get the question of, um, what do you, when we doing, you know, for hiring operators, okay. one of the questions that the, the founders of the arcades ask me, they get scared. They're like, are you sure we can find somebody for eight to $9, even though the minimum wage for most jobs is like 15. I'm like, what's the minimum wage at a McDonald's? And they're like, oh, it's about $8. I'm like, put it at the same price. And like, are you sure? It's like, what, if you're going to mm -hmm. get paid $8 at a McDonald's or messing with really cool tech like virtual reality, it's a done deal. Yeah, it's no, a done 100%. Deal. And, I would agree, especially yeah. if it doesn't involve the costs of a commute and getting, you know, a belligerent boss, you know, shoving you a burger up yeah. your rear every day. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I, think, I, I think you're right. I, I do think that, like, as we solve more and more problems, we also create many more problems. I, I don't I don't think that there's like going to be less of an incentive to work per se. I think just the problems will likely change. Uh, usually yeah. what has happened so far is with everything that we solve, we generated like, you know, 50 more problems or like, and yeah. you see that as well with like just computing in general, like, you know, computing was going to solve everything, but it just created like, you know, like so many more problems that we now need to solve. Uh, it, 
in a good way, of course. It's it's techn yeah. technological like progress mental health. and it's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think you know, Rowdy, to your point, because I fully agree with that, is that's why passion is needed for the people that are figuring this out because if you love this, then you can have the difficult conversations, right? Because when you are in it to just make money, you're going to obfuscate the truth a little bit and it's going to hurt you down in down the line, right? Uh, I think a lot about remote work, right? One, the reason that investors and giant companies don't want remote work to happen is because they don't trust their employees. They just yeah, don't. Yeah, this is, this they, is going the route that I'm, I'm here grimacing in the seat going, Exactly. Eye tracking, meta central yes. coordination. Oh, now yeah. I have a productivity chart for all of my employees because exactly. they're looking through a headset and it's coming. And and that's the terrifying part because they're they're giving it to for free. They're not even bringing that into the conversation. We actually, we were having those conversations. Like I said, I talked yeah. to a hospital facility and we told them, it's like, hey, with this, you'll be able to actually know when an employee is actually working. <laughs> not working. You're selling it. Okay. There's no way, like, because I mean, I'm like, I myself can already figure out how to uh, ensure that those kind of things can't track me. Like uh, you can easily, you know, if you have a little bit of coding skills, you can easily, like, I, I mean, I see people on like, you know, on like videos, like pretending that they, they buy like a mouse scroller that automatically uh, scrolls I'm, the I'm mouse. I'm worried about meta. I gotta be worried yeah. about Rowdy now, man. <laughs> well, like, Put your eyes out, they can't track you. you can it's, like, it's fairly don't, easy, don't I think, to, yeah, to fool those kind of systems. Um, yeah, no, they are. But that's the exciting part is that you need engineers in that conversation. You need but, passionate but I, because I you're think, right. Like, I mean, to, to, regarding the conversation of like, you know, a, a minimum wage and just making the job more interesting, that for, for sure works. But if you, if you want people to stay at your company, then because I often see like, for example, uh, remote work being offered as a benefit. It's not something that comes yeah. with the job or it's not something that, you know, is required, right, right. but it's more like, now. it's more like a, like a, like an incentive to stay because otherwise there's going right. to be, I mean, if, if you have a certain set of skills that is in demand, there's going to be someone else who's probably going to be able to pay more. Um, and then you're going to have to make that little bit of a balance. Like, do I want remote work or do I want more pay? So there is always going to be a little bit, I think, uh, a balance yeah. between like, you know, having that skill set and, uh, you know, the kind of benefits that come with that. Like, wow, this is some conversation, lads. <laughs> this, this, this is a train that went off in the night by itself. I'm, I'll pull this back to a happier topic because yeah. I tell you, this stuff, like, it gets really dystopian to me very, very quickly. Yeah. And um, I, I'm one who feels like if you have a team who uh, works well together and in whatever way that group of artists works, you do not need to track them. And he, no, and, 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 and I'm going to say that word. to the point of even people who... Yeah. Our moonlighting, second, third job, whatever the case may be, like I, I believe if you get the right person and they they're doing what you need them to do, yeah, whatever matter. else they do with their time, yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't really totally. believe anymore. Now I work this way because of my contract, right? But I don't really believe in a I'll call it a nine to five anymore. It's more interleaving yeah. than that because people right. are more like octopi these days than anything else. They're doing this, that, this, that, but they're able to orchestrate. If you can orchestrate yeah. in the way that an old like telephone operator can, that's what I want for my that's, business. That's that, what yeah. I want to and employ. That's what I mean by tracking. What I mean by tracking is the infrastructure to ensure that the employee, regardless of where they're at, they have all of the tools and resources that are required for your job to not be stagnated, right? Yeah. I think a lot about the fact that during the pandemic, I did it myself. I was working a lot, you know, at the beach, at, at 
why would I be on my laptop at my desk if, so they, hard. if I have internet? Man. Right? So, how, how did you do that with like the sun and all that? Were you were you on a laptop or how? No, no, no. I didn't have my no, no. On a laptop, not on a not on my. Yeah, but still, I mean, like I can't. I've tried a few times because yeah. like not being in Scotland anymore. It's like you try you try working outdoors, but it's not comfortable. Winds yeah. breezing by. I mean, maybe it is on a Californian beach, like or Floridian yeah. beach, yeah. but like. Generally speaking, outside, even a little bit of wind, even like temperature variances of like five degrees, it, for me, it's just too much for it yeah. to be comfortable. Like it's just not comfortable yeah. outdoors. Sim is such no, a little I, I snowflake, isn't he? Oh, uh, fuck off. Uh, but, but, but right, right. Let me give you a better scenario. Sitting at your desk uh, in a desk for somewhere comfortable. You, there's a lot of things that we often don't take for granted in an environment that is like a work environment, right? There's the IT department. Yeah. There is, you know, access to printers and all of that stuff. <laughs> all of that infrastructure is weirdly enough required for remote work, Man, I, right? And no I way. No, look, look, I haven't, I haven't interacted with a printer in about twelve years. It's oh, not dude, required. It is- Brother, it, I listen. I I sent an invoice like a week ago via fax. <laughs> oh fax. my god! That's what people. That, and then you page the person. Iterate. No, 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 dude, dude. Slowly. That is, and I know this moving here, a North American problem. Other parts of the world, yes. we use email. We use digital yeah. transfers. Like here, everything is affected paper. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous yeah. how Stone Age it is when it comes to financial transactions, to just anything dealing with business. It's so Writing old checks. school. We still have to write checks That's for ridiculous. certain bills. That's not even legal tender <laughs> in the UK. It's not even legal. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Let's move on. All right. So, and I'm not getting a card in arcade. Arcade. I need a card again. Grandpa Zim. Thank you. All right. Let's move on. Thank you, Arcade Mage. Few headsets in a breeze by showcase. Okay. First, the DPVR P2, which is starting to sound like a Star Wars robot. Oh yeah. Is a headset brand we spoke about a few years ago on the show. They're bringing out an enterprise VR headset. It's got a couple of really neat little features. And as I said, I'm not going to labor on this, but Rowdy's going to show the trailer and I'm going to zip through a couple of the highlights. So it's got a replaceable battery. So the back of the battery comes off the headset, can be replaced, or you can have a second one on standby. The other thing that's kind of neat is it's got a straight wall, straight to wall connector. So you can connect it to mains supply power if you want. And a lot of headsets kind of don't think about that. So that's quite smart. Again, like something I saw HTC do, they've got the cord going up. So again, I'm going to say this, shame on you, unless you kind of strangle, you know, have your headset from the ceiling. I don't know why you're fighting gravity with that. I don't agree with it, but feck it. Touchpad on the headset, again, takes me back to the Samsung Gear VR days of on headset control with click clack coming over the microphone. Hopefully they've solved for that, but it's a Snapdragon XR1 in the headset. So there you go. Something for business, the DPVR P2 is coming. They even showcase some audio canceling um, earbuds that go with the headset, which to me, when I think enterprise, I think of people swapping the headset frequently and there's no way you're getting me to take someone else's ear ear things and put them in my ears. Um, the power display, hmm. uh, definitely add that. That's the, that's the, what makes it enterprise. That that's the, hmm. that's the superpower. There is the fact that you can connect this to a computer and get the graphics card to output directly to the headset, like through steam VR, where most, all-in-one headsets at the moment are they're, they're reprojecting, yeah. right? So the computer's displaying it and sending it to you. This will directly detect as a monitor. So you're yeah. going to get, you know, uncompressed, unfiltered, full graphic and fidelity I, from the... I'm really system. surprised that we left that behind. Like at some point, and I think it was really <laughs> CarMax doing, although he didn't mean to, like when we went standalone, 
we lost the direct from computer to headset connection and it's either compressed or what like we're just getting back to it and it's been like a four to five year hiatus hurting <laughs> content creators more than anything the, the the lack of power display is 100 they, 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 they had two us. options and i think that's what happened with carmack is they were more focused and and this is and, and this is where you know what the realities of the dark side of meta come in because they're the ones that really push for this mm. is if you give display port access then this is a valve index replacement a direct valve index replacement because it connects to the computer it's able to run you know on compressed steam vr there's no intermediary that you it turns into a spatial computer then how do you force people to go into your app store how do you force them to have that part of that ecosystem because oh, you've broken and, out of it yeah and oh that's a really go. good point yeah. i always wondered why with uh with quest link they they hadn't allowed you just to get kind of straight to your desktop um, and they yep. put you through, yeah, it answers that question now. So cool. All right, next one. So on to, on Twitter or X, we also got a tease from a high-end headset manufacturer who you'll know and maybe love, Vario. Uh, so Vario had a tease of the number four. I'm going to ask Jose what he thinks is up, and I'm going to guess here for a second. One or two things came up. First, I was like, oh, 4K headset, but surely they're past that already. The second one was... Their line seems to have VR or XR in the title followed by a number. So I'm guessing it's the XR4 that's incoming. And it looks like from the image, a small form factor, kind of like big screen beyond. If that's the case, then I'm a, count me as excited. Uh, these guys are known for high cost, high resolution, simmer ready headsets. So as a driver who likes, you know, his PC VR, uh, you know, you can sign up and go to their event. That's 27th of November. So by the next podcast, We'll know what this is, but Jose, what about you? What do you what do you think this is, and um, why are you excited about it? I saw you chime in there on Twitter. Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Uh, I, I've had conversations with Vario. I don't think I, I'm, I, I'm allowed it. to talk much about <laughs> no. it. But I will say I will say this: um, they're paying attention to all of the growing pains of mixed reality. What made Vario stand out with the XR3 was that they were doing cloud rendering mixed reality, which is over the internet, you were getting like a second buffer of fidelity, making it, you know, the graphics in mixed reality look much more realistic. All of that algorithm, um, one of their engineers told me, you know, teasingly that that's no longer required to get the same parity as the XR3. But they're still going to bring it to the table, which means that we might get XR3 graphics on the headset, and then with cloud rendering, it's going to probably take this to a whole different level. Um, I, I talked to them a lot about, they, they wanted to, to know a little bit about my skills and, and, and the people that I know in the space with wireless streaming technology. I don't know what that means. Um, so it, there, there could be, they could be looking into that. Um, so, yeah, so, so, sounds keen. So well, maybe we'll know for next podcast or we should by then. Um, yeah. Okay, next up, a little bit of software for you. So I wanted to tease the Aces of Thunder devs. This is the War Thunder devs who... Skygen Entertainment, their Hungarian company, um, they're due to release in 2023 still, and they've been teasing um, Aces of Thunder, which is a dogfighting uh, kind of World War II style uh, simulator, uh, which looks pretty cool. Now, for those who don't know, War Thunder used to have a kind of a shitty VR implementation that you could play War Thunder in, you could turn off all the HUD and all the modes, and you could just fly around, and it was really hard to find another target. You're like, wow, this is what pilots have to put up with? Looking at, like, 
you know, pixel <laughs> level, like zippity fly flying around and try to gun him. Um, so I'm really excited for this one. Uh, it's coming to PSVR 2 and other platforms. Probably would want to play this on PSVR 2 for the colors and the kind of feeling of being there. The presence that comes with that OLED panel um, is great. So uh, Aces of Thunder. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. We haven't spoken about Sim from a flying perspective. Are any of you, I know Rowdy, you did some of this with some friends in VTOL a while right. back, I think. Yeah. Right? That but like, are any of yeah. you flight simmers or keen into this, the throttle and stick stuff? Bit of crashing. Next, next week. <laughs> next week. Next week. The IT sec, the, the simulation and immersive uh, event for, for the public sector. I have a demo with Lockheed Martin that's wow. going to be showing uh, one some of their, their simulators. Yeah, I, I, I love going to IT sec for that reason. It's if I'm going to look at simulations and flying simulators, I want to look at like the top of the line, right? And, and IT sec is, is where I get to play with all that cool stuff there. Uh, OpenX is going to have, uh, I forgot the, the name, their Stingray uh, technology. They're going to they have like an underground um, submarine Ooh, simulator. Ooh, that sounds so it, it cool. Is, oh, dude, it's, oh man, it's, it's going to be fun. I'll, I'll get some video. Um, some companies are teasing uh, excavation um, robotics, right? They, and these are all piloted by VR, right? Oh, that's, so you can go dig exciting. a hole oh, yeah. through VR? <laughs> yep. So Terranian Warfare is actually... No, it sounds it awesome. I, it sounds really good. Oh, oh dude. The it is, like, when you hear these people talk, like, I don't want to go... Like, I don't want to, like, scare a lot of people out there. But when you hear, like... If you look up Subterranean Warfare, there's, like, actual companies out there that are now, like, talking about, like, having these robots that, like... like they they act like moles. And they, like, dig holes around houses. Oh and they can, like, right. collapse houses. You can collapse a whole city. Is, just detonate something underground and... Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah, and how do you defend from that? How do you defend from the mole? Wow, this is a oh, great man. action Cloud game cities. that's coming yeah. out. <laughs> <Cloud City. laughs> uh, I don't like talking about this kind of stuff, but it, <sighs> so uh, there's actual gases that. So the the robot that I wow. saw digs holes and it spews out a gas. I forgot what the gas is, but it's a gas that makes it like you can't makes you feel like you're choking on air. I forgot what it, I forgot the science it's behind like, it. It's like kind of like murder, like me off to eating chilies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah. not good with spicy stuff, Rowdy? I always assumed you were a spice oh, guy. Man. I'm all right, but uh, yeah, I need to spend some time by myself after that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's, you're that's big into it, Jose. Adam, I didn't catch your oh, response. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, this is a great way to bury a body. You don't even have to touch anything. It's got <laughs> gases that knocks them out. You got the hole that's made by VR. Like, yeah. not the you warfare. You were not that's exactly Flight what sim. I'm talking about. Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, not how to kill people. <laughs> uh, Flight Sim's oh, not as so much. It's pretty good nuts. Oh, God, I love this crew. Okay, 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 okay. Let's move so. All right, next up, right, we have um, Baddying About. Resolution Games is coming with uh, Racket Club. We're for something a little bit sporty. Um, that's the Padel, I'm, I'm an educated man now, the Padel-like two versus two game coming from an established VR studio. None better than Resolution, I would say. Definitely interested in this one because when I play with my non-gaming, non-VR, absolutely anti-meta father, um, he just really doesn't like their interface, wants to definitely line up and shoot all of their UI developers. Um, but aside from that, Resolution Games have a have a tennis game. So for a retired like tennis guy and his son to be able to hang out and play a game where we're hitting a ball back and forth in our rooms, trying not to break our TVs 
Uh, this looks really cool. I, I'm really interested in their implementation because everything else I've seen so far, like um, Tennis on Court on PSVR 2 recently, Tennis Simulators that we've had on the Rift Store, just none of them really scratched the itch. The closest I can say we've had has been like Racket NX, which is great. And that studio is now bringing out um, Underdogs, which is probably going to be pretty cool as well. Uh, but this one, Racket Club, I thought I'd give a quick shout to for anyone else who wants to play something that's a little bit in the serious camp, right? But just something you can do, play and chat. I do that currently with Golf Plus, which I really enjoy. But there aren't many games out there where you can do that. Walk about mini golf being a, a favorite for a lot of people, you know, something that works across all ages. You can just kind of dig into. So that's coming. We don't have a date for that yet. Um, dig into. <laughs> oh, I've, you've ruined me this podcast, all of you. <laughs> and the next one is a game about fishing in the murky depths with a little trawler. Uh, this is Dredge VR. So Dredge is a game that I was put onto by. VRTO's own Karamaliki Sanchez. Uh, so if you're a fan of Dredge and you've been playing that on your Steam Deck or on Steam or a Switch or something like that, uh, then go pick out this mod. This is a VR mod, so it's there on Patreon. Um, and I'm really looking forward to this. Sorry, I put the dev's name down and then it looks like I lost it in my notes. It was XR43 or something like that. Uh, but check out Dredge VR on, uh, on Patreon. There's access to an early uh, VR mod where you can jump on the ship yourself and looks looks really immersive. Honestly, reminded me of um, oh, what's the diggy diggy hole game? Given we're on the subject, uh, what's the one with the space aliens and the dwarves? Rowdy. Space. Uh, sorry, the the dwarf game. Yes. Uh, uh, rock and stone. If I could... No, it's. Uh, oh, that's dear a God, I was looking up the dredge VR now. Uh, uh, Deep Rock Galactic. That's it. Deep Rock. So it, Deep Rock it to me, it looks like a VR implementation of Deep Rock Galactic, which, which really puts you in the shoes of the game, um, where in, when you're normally playing it, you're like looking down on this little boat on water. So it's a really dramatically different way to play, kind of like the Risk of Rain 2 feedback I gave, I think, last podcast. So that's Dredge VR. Again, another shout to Paradise DK for tipping me off to that one. You know, he's all over his mods <laughs> within three hours of the post. He was on to me about that one. Um, and finally, our Aussie mates, Toast Interactive, have been taken to the streets with Richie's Plank Experience, and their videos are a must-watch. So this is the one where I was hoping Rowdy would be able to share the screen with you. An audible scream on the podcast is something we always look forward to. Um, but they've been going around somewhere in Australia and offering kind of demos for people for like 50 bucks, right? You want to do it for 50 bucks? I don't know. 50 Australian isn't, I, I heard that. And I was like, damn, that's a lot of money. But I think 50 Australians, like, like three. 20 US or oh, okay. something. It's not a lot of money. Um, but people were doing it and absolutely losing their shit. Uh, just going into the original um, Richie's Plank experience. And now there's a new one. There's a whole new thing as well. So they, they've got an MR experience that just come out. You, you have a nice little board. You can measure the board, set yourself up. And then you're overlooking a giant canyon, um, which just looks incredible. So hoping to do that one myself. I need to find myself a two by four. If anyone else has gone looking for wood, not you ladies. Uh, if anyone else has gone <laughs> looking for wood, it's actually tough to get a board these days. I don't know why. Yeah. Just is if you live in suburbia. Competition's um, pretty stiff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Adam. <laughs> I can't help it. You sent one of those robots off there, is yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was saying, you and I talk after the podcast, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Let, you want me to try this? Yeah, give it a shot if you can. All right. Here we go. Let's we probably won't works. hear it, but the audience should. Man, I love I love Richie's plank. 
Is it working? I don't think so. Just a second. Let's see. Audience, tell us if you hear the audio. And if you don't, this will just be a nice time to take in some tranquil peace, tranquility. Before the screams. <laughs> yeah. I hear it. <laughs> I heard that one. <laughs> Holy shit, yep. that's loud. That's VR. <laughs> They're saying no sound, but anyway, we'll find a way to maybe slice it's that no in sounds? for the audience. Could be the delay. Oh, they said yes, actually. I think so it was, it was the, the delay. delay. Out, yeah. yeah, you guys got a nice scream and earbud shattering. Okay. So again, I will just mention. I, me, I could have done that. We didn't have to play an audio for you that. Just... <laughs> Let's throw Jose Matt, in a. Richie's plank. Richie's plank is is, is the and I say this to people like if anybody wants to make a quick buck, you can do yeah. the like replicate Richie's plank. Like go do it if whoever wherever you're at. It's it, it's such a cheat code for money. Bring a TV. Yeah. Get a headset and and cast it to the TV, and just tell people with a with a real life plank and tell them to to do it. Everybody will spend ten dollars, especially if you build a crowd and somebody starts screaming. Wow. And and the best part about VR is that people love to also hyper, you know, emote. So they're going to go screaming regardless, if, even if they're not scared. I, I can tell you this by direct experience. Uh, as somebody who builds these, you know, for a yeah. living, like I built so many Richie's Plank setups uh, in my day. Um, so Richie's Plank will get you riches. Thanks for the tip, Jose. Oh, yes. Appreciate that. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's definitely a good one. I mean, that's 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 definitely true. I've seen a lot of good reaction videos out there on YouTube. They're so fun. I love I love seeing people screaming over VR. It can be horror games. It can be something exciting. It's just oh, every time. Mm. So good. And uh, look out for their new VR platformer that's a bit like Ven VR or Lucky's Tale called Max Mustard. I uh, don't have a launch date right. on that, but that's coming up as well. Okay, with that, uh, we're getting to start a little bit too real here with uh, gassing cities of people from under the underground. So let's take you to something a little bit happier than that. <clears throat> a fellow dog lover on Twitter took a 3D capture of his dog sleeping and then revisited this to deal with his dog's untimely passing, I'm afraid, oh. uh, but shows them on a beach. Um, it was done up in Unreal Engine. And shows the dog just lying peacefully there. Uh, when the dog was kind of ailing, right? Did this 3D capture before the, before the dog passed away. And had planned a trip to the beach with the dog. Obviously the dog's favorite place. But didn't make it. And so was able just to kind of hang out and chill with their buddy. And uh, it's a real tearjerker, this one. Right in the heartstrings. But um, I love I'd to like, see it. As I like this better owner. than yeah. actually like the... What was it? The mom revisiting her daughter oh. remade in in yeah, AI and VR. Like at least oh, this is an actual, far. just like a still, still image. It's just, you know, like, it's just like a 3D yeah. image. Yeah, it's not. It's more like I'm, a memory. It's not, just, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. something yeah, than a recreation. It's, it's, much, it's definitely more palatable than than revisiting somebody. I agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> don't know if I would want to do that. Oh, my poor wife passed away, but here she is lying dead on a beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> Um, Matt, what happens and i don't want to sound you know like grim but like i think I, i'm a tech for better or for worse so what happens when you get like let's say you you recreate your, your somebody and now the you revisit this 20 years from now and graphics have gotten so much better and now your the memory of your loved one looks like a nintendo 64 like a half-life npc <laughs> natalia yeah. natalia <laughs> like I, like I always think about that, like, like yo, wouldn't like 
what you're gonna need to update oh this, right? God. Like you're gonna say, oh, this is you know X Dead Y version zero point three four. AI upscaling, AI upscaling will oh, sort that shit out, right? <laughs> Could even age the person appropriately so they're sitting on the beach with you having a conversation and an ice cream. There you go. I love this answer. So with that, uh, we're going to show off the reemergence of uh, Golf Plus devs showing walkabout a thing or two, uh, about talking about indoor golf. So they teased an MR experience, which shows a business-like course. You remember back in the 90s, you could buy from a catalog a little thing that you'd putt into in the, in the office? Never bought one. <laughs> Never wanted to. But uh, top execs would have that, you know, just for when they were on a phone call so they could feel important. Such a vibe. Such a vibe. It's a very Floridian <laughs> vibe, if I'm if I'm to say. Um, but this uh, MR experience shows off uh, uh, a hole that you have in your office, a couple of palm trees kind of littered around. And it's really funny because if you know the whole story, Golf Plus used to be a three-part package, which used to be just Pro Putt, a golfing game that was similar at the time to Cloudlands, an older game prior to Walkabout Mini Golf coming on the scene and just destroying everybody. Um which was fun, you know, somewhat limited in terms of its offering, but it was there. And so there looks like they're dipping back into that code to bring us an MR experience, which is basically a kind of a pitch and putt or a, a putting, uh, putting green. I want good. this. Looks oh, good, so right? Cool. Like, yeah. The kind of thing that you could stop for 10 minutes and just chill out on between calls or whatever, if you're working during the, during the week. So, uh, you know, for those of you who had a, a phone in your Cadillac or whatever back in the 80s, then get ready to, to relive some memories and, and add some palm trees to that. Uh, so with that, a couple of hardware nibbles uh, for our friends now that we are neck deep in the uh, AR and mixed reality side. So first one up is going to be the Nemo, N-I-M-O, one, uh, which is a $1,300 it's 1300 US dollar pair of frames with a pocketable compute unit, which looks really adorable, almost like a little, um, almost like an EarPod charging case that would just slip into your pocket. So akin to the Apple Vision Pro, which has its own processing tether, um, this looks like a nifty little unit. Now it's coming in to obviously jump the gun before Vision Pro drops. And I'll be suspicious based on a couple of things that I see in their marketing information. But I want to thank uh, the Scared Ghost or Scarred Ghost uh, for his intro to this article and this news. Uh, but that little compute unit looks kind of cute, right? Like, I really don't want a tether. I really don't. But if I have to have one, I could go with the Nemo One's little pocket computer. No problem. As long as it's much not much bigger than what it appears in the image. But the image, the form factor looks a bit like those Ray-Bans. And again, if you can do a bit more with them, great. Any reactions to Nemo before I move to the next one? Good. It's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Leap 2, which we might remember. They dropped some business-related info on Twitter. Um, but I'm still hearing sad violins every time I see that name. I'm hoping they can pull it back. Um, but they were talking about a partnership that's coming up and showing off their latest Magic Leap. I don't know where that company is headed, but we'll see if they survive the test of time. With that, we've got another one. Uh, the Visor 4K from Immersed giving us a potential working setup pair of glasses. Um, so again, Visor is meant to be a really single purpose device in the same way like a Kindle is meant for bedtime reading, right? It gives you a, a digital device. This is giving you a literally a visor you put on your head. And um, this is their 4K edition. And frankly, my reaction to this type of thing is I, I, I just want an all-in-one. 
I have enough devices. I don't need a device that's going to do something else. This is where meta is still out ahead for me as a gamer because it's like I want a headset that can game and can work. But if you're not like that and you're like, I only care about work, then maybe check this out. Uh, Immersed is, a, is an application you can check out right now if you have a VR headset. Um, and then this is their basically, uh, I'm going to call it standalone product, but it's not a standalone product. So um, yeah. It's a. I think it's. I think the the they officially gone standalone in that regard, right? Because before it required the computer to be tethered to it, and that's you know to to be fully transparent. Uh, my company has uh, an upcoming partnership with Visor. Okay. When it releases, we we intend to 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 bring in that value that we are bringing to the to, once it releases. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't intend to do pre-orders. I'm a big believer in selling what's available. Um, you also mentioned Nemo and Magic Leap. I think what's happening right now is there's a there is a a beginning of multiple devices for multiple uh, cases mm -hmm. uh, that, that that's occurring because uh, unfortunately and, and I fully agree with you that it's an all-in-one headset will always be a better value proposition if you like to game and like to work. But the problem with that is and and, and quite frankly. Um, my personal opinions aside, the Quest 3 is very ugly to use in a public environment oh, when you're working. <laughs> no, it is. And the visor, the visor, unfortunately, for better or for worse, does look a little bit more palatable to use it in an executive office. You won't look that crazy if, if the glasses look really shiny and and, that's a very and, you know, that's a very a good point, Jose. And it's actually one of the number one things that now living with a Quest 3 for some time. The the biggest part about it, which brings me back to the Vision Pro trailer, is when you're using it you feel fine. You're like, oh, I can see you just fine. If you're on the other side of that, as you all saw in a very awkward podcast a couple of podcasts ago, you're looking at somebody in a Quest 3, you're like, you look crazy. You look absolutely, <laughs> like, I don't want to be speaking to someone who's in a headset. It just doesn't feel comfortable. It is a one-way street. And so this does, to some extent, at least limit that weird, who put dead white version 1.exe in chat? <laughs> Adam! <laughs> God... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> a tragic leap. Wow, that's I've never heard that. Dang, that's leap three. Oh, let me let me let me show that's some love par. to Magic Leap. No, man. we're not I, doing I wanna, that. I we're not. No, <laughs> not up until. Go, listen, they, they 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 I gotta I gotta say this because I I think it's Where's very the important whale? about Magic Where's Leap. the whale? That's what I want to. I'm gonna talk about the whale. The whale. I think to be quite honest, and I say this as a partner that that you know uh, with, that we actually have Magic Leap in our store now. I don't think the whale is going to show up yet. But I'll say this, uh, what Magic Leap has in their hands, and it's something that, that has made me personally very excited about them, is the messaging behind operating systems. Um, I had a lot of great conversations with the actual engineers behind that, that and they're talking to me about, and, and a lot of people don't actually know this, when you actually purchase a Magic Leap 2, and, I, and this was to my surprise when we got them in our store, you don't buy one SKU, even if you buy the headset, you get two. Well, who's who's buying it, Jose? The thing I don't know about Builders. Magic Leap. And that's, and that's okay. exactly, that's that's uh, that's that's where the exciting part is that you buy the headset, sure, but the second one is the operating system. They're actually decoupling the purchase, even though it's all in one cost, you're getting a different SKU. And, you know, um, maybe I, I'm, I'm reading too deep into it, but when I was talking to them about, you know, their goals, they were like, they compared, they, they spoke to me a lot about, you know, Microsoft Windows, how you get, there's going to be multiple laptops. And yes, you can get a laptop with Windows, but what happens if you want to upgrade your laptop or they were talking about operating systems in a way that made me go, wait a minute, like maybe that is Magic Leap's future instead of focusing a lot on, you know, building the perfect headset, how about 
they focus on building the perfect operating system. There's a lot of companies that are showcasing like what their vision of an operating system looks like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think what maybe you should just focus on a finalized product. Cause like the thing that still frustrates me the most about yeah. Magic Leap is the amount that. of venture capital that they received that they <laughs> other that yeah. other companies had no access to that have done more with it. Uh, and still like, I think yeah. like, I mean, for all I care, like, you know, like they, they become the next big company uh, and I'd be super happy about that. But at this point, I just think that they they should maybe look a little bit at like, you know, what is what is the future of their company specifically in, in developing yeah. a product or coming up to some of yeah. the, those the AR star citizen yeah. at the moment. You took a cat, you took a buttload of cash. You took a buttload of cash. What have you showed for it? You know, like that's yeah. and I get they have some so products totally out, agree with right? That. They yeah. do have some products out. I yeah. again, I maybe there's a future with them, maybe there isn't. But let's let's see where the, they go. The device is badass. I'll say this: the, the Magic Leap Two on a performance level, mm. it, it's it's it, it, it's you know the Quest Three is sluggish compared to it. I think the problem is that's the development interest, the costs. Um, also, as, as you mentioned, polishing a, a product that there's not much of a market yet, and it's starting to be born now. It's going to probably require a lot of investments in. On the, I truly believe gonna, Magic Leap's value is their patent. I'm going to use my uh, ejector seat button here to unplug yes. you from this exciting topic and <laughs> into the next one, because I know you're going to talk it. about this next one, and I absolutely want to hear this from you. So, okay. the final thing in this AR lineup we have, this is kind of an AI transition we're going towards now. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's is go. The, is the AI pin from a company called Humane really kind of odd stark showcase from this san francisco based company it shows a lapel gadget i can't believe i'm saying that it's really weird that uses hand controls projected from the lapel pin um out and is essentially your portal your vocal portal to all the ai tools out there in the cloud so jose is our gadget guy and i want to know because he's excited about this and i i was initially and now i'm like just asking myself why wouldn't I just use my phone for this? But I, I, I'm curious as to the answer. So I've got an AI buddy that sits on my chest that can project some light and I can do some hand controls. I think that's going to be janky as feck. Um, but the the actual pin itself, the, I can talk to it in the same way that like Meta is purporting with their glasses, has potentially some value. The pricing is like 699 799 US dollars. So seven or 800 bucks for this thing. Like, why why is this of interest why should people care about an ai pin that sits on on your chest oh man i don't know if people should care but i genuinely care a lot um i think that we're going i think this is the beginning of the the death of the traditional cell phone right when i, I generally don't I, I, yes really? applications when you so yes, like when are you, are you thinking the, star trek here like you're gonna be able to go george jordy like beam me up like is yeah. that <laughs> exactly yeah that is exactly what they're offering you're, you're every single app they're just decoupling the screen this is something i've been talking a lot we mentioned operating systems operating systems are no longer going to be the traditional you know that comes to the computer it's going to be everything interconnected the infrastructure of all these devices so why do i need to open like i say a domino's app and order a pizza and, and click the selections and do all that when there is a much better user interface where i can just go like hey i want a domino's pizza can you send it to me and then i get yeah, a confirmation but dude, in a few minutes. 
that's about as effective as the Amazon button that they had for purchasing soap, right? You're like, oh, I got to purchase soap. Just slap this button. I remember and all that. of a sudden next week. Oh, you didn't ever hear that. So you no, can just press that. it. Yeah. Oh, you I remember. Never got okay. one. So for those who don't know it, you had a button. Mm-hmm. Let's say you wanted to, you know, get some toilet roll and you just press the yeah. button and a pack of toilet roll shows up next week. It's on your Amazon Prime account or whatever. Amazon loves it because it increases the rate at which you purchase. You're easy because you win because it's like user experience is better. But what happens when the negative loop triggers? In other words, you say order a pizza and 20 show up because it just gets caught in some kind of funky loop. There's no oh, yeah. interface. There's no feedback loop. There's there no is. correction there, mechanism. There you, you, get, you still get the traditional screen. It's just the screen is gone. It has a laser projector that, pr- that shows you the updates on your okay. hand. So if there's something incorrectly purchased, you're still going to get the update. This is just utility <laughs> now being the forefront and not navigation. Before, user interface was the candy with the utility. Now... Everybody knows software logic at a weird high level. Everybody knows that that what the applications do, that they're just decoupling the screen from the form. Like just on that point, like what is new about this then? Because this we've had this for years already with the earplugs. Yes. Yes. 100%, no, 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 but no, no, the no, 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 Don't give no. you the ability to order apps. This is you multiple. don't get yeah. so the the, yeah. the point here is, right? This thing can go out, find the appropriate AI assistant dynamically that will fit what you need, and then deliver. But, it. So but the idea you... is no updates, no downloads, but... no software interface. This thing is your personal butler, and you say, "Hey Charles, go fetch me a song." You don't say launch Spotify. You don't. You're not talking I, I, I to a that. single I, I, agent. I get that, but do you really think that these people are going to be able to compete with Hey Google or Hey Siri or any of those kind of things? Yeah. I how? absolutely don't. Yeah. How, how do you think? I believe because Google Google will definitely be able to introduce something at a competitive <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> Google's Google, like, I'm, I'm listening, bitch. <laughs> Google, Google has been doing this for quite a long time. They're going to have a product that is going to be able to compete with this. Right. But the reality is not humane's the first one. And that's what makes me excited. I don't think people should care necessarily about the humane pin, but they should be excited about this new this new wearable green decoupled yeah, this new wearable, right so like anything that I'm, I'm excited seen, there right? anything that i have seen is something that you can already do currently with with earphones yes uh any yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of ai models that are integrated and that are being integrated can your earphone now hotspot your electronics Sorry? is your can your earphones hotspot your other electronics can it maintain them online can they can they order order things do they or do they require your phone at all times because that's what the what the what the humane pin is. It is completely a. So where does it run off? It, it needs to run off of Wi-Fi or 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 five G no, connection. No, it's, it's a it's five G so connection. A that's what I'm saying. It, yes. So and it's like a it. phone. You don't need. It is a phone replacement. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a screenless what, phone. What this does it replace? Like, it's like it, it replaces my phone. But why? Like I would still need my phone. It's just okay. an added uh, device. If we're going to have that conversation, let's have it. There are there. I am a very. <laughs> and, and the older I get, the, more <laughs> the um, I care a lot about security. There, I, I, I don't mean to be the. the I'm not pulling the a, a Grandpa Jose now, but there are networks and social medias and 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 infrastructure that, to be quite frank, they are 
stealing data. They are. Yeah, okay, I get, I get, I get all of that, but I don't think that a, a, a no. random company is going to be able to solve that. Like, if, if, if we have major companies I, that are doing that. No, I'm not saying that they shouldn't try. I, I'm just saying that I would never yeah, purchase a product like this because I know that within six months from now, they'll probably be either yeah. bought out, uh, they'll be That's taken crazy. over. I don't think that the, the, the form factor is I, a great I, idea because I think it's like far better to integrate it into glasses or earbuds or something that you already kind of wear. What do you mean you can't? But glasses need a phone right now. But this, the, the like, glasses I would still phone. need a phone. Like this is not replacing my phone. <laughs> It does. It replaces no, a phone. You're going to be able to make your calls. You're going to be able to compose messages. You're going to listen to your music. On your hands? Yes. This... It's the same thing. So just think about it here. Look, you're holding what if your you're phone. Holding up your hands on the show. Hey, Rowdy. While this is going on, can you can you show this off again? Because there's a section in there where they show the blue illustration yes. of the menu, and the guy is rocking his hand left and right to like play fast track a song and stuff. As I said earlier. I personally think that, so I think I'm sitting between you two guys because the concept is exciting. Yes. If you're a Trekkie or something, you're like, you want to be able to tap your chest and just make an order and something happens. Great. But there's a few really interesting kind of questions here that like aren't, aren't answered. First off, it looks clunky to wear. It looks like if I had a DECA move like stapled to my chest, it just doesn't seem to me like a product I would want to wear. And I got to ask, we're, we're probably dudes and most of us are not as fashion conscious maybe as like, like, Adam, is this something that you would wear? You're cool for like tech gadgets and stuff, but would you wear it? Would you knock it off? Would I mean, it fall into the, the soup or something? Like what? Would you trade would a this 4K thing screen on your phone for, for a, a, a monochrome kind of view on your hands? I think that's incredible, man. I think it's incredible. It's I know it's I, I do agree with you. There will be a better that, product. There will be. Sorry, I know you guys are. You guys are punching up. Okay, okay. I would like to announce that I am actually the co-founder of Humane. <laughs> yeah. I really love this. I'm I think sorry. it's a nice oh, idea. Yeah, I, I think I, I think it's a nice idea. I don't think it's usable though. Uh, oh man! Look, it looks wise. It's like some. It's simple. I don't think it'd be a big deal as long as you can yeah. move it to where you want, and it doesn't have to be in a certain spot in order to read your hands. But for me personally, I still. I feel like it would be early quest days where you're trying to work in your quest and like, oh, screw it, I'm just gonna go do it on my computer because it's easier. Like I, I just can't yeah. get over the fact that like, screw it, I'm gonna use something that is easier in case there are mistakes. Cause I imagine there are going to be mistakes where it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't do that. Or it, it says something wrong that you're trying to tell it to do. And you're just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna, you know, you do one of the, you're just gonna throw it away and use yeah. something that you know for sure you can input in properly. Uh, and also, I, I mean, I guess depending on how often you use it, like, don't you get tired sort of having your hand out there all the time? I mean, I guess you well, like you your phone. you don't have to but... use it all the time unless you're gonna like look at an update. And that's exactly, what makes me excited it's specifically that is this is designed for the people i do not touch my iphone like it's so bad sometimes if i don't have my apple watch on me i don't reply to a text message sometimes for weeks on end i don't care for my phone i don't care for apps oh uh -oh. Well, that's, there we go hey, 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 so you buy yourself a better phone so <laughs> <laughs> some better wi-fi oh no Oh, I love this has been a great boxing match. We need to move on. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to be here too long. So, all right. Next up, yeah. we've got a quick 
and and sorry, Jose, we got we got you cut short, but we'll be more. No, I, I, I wanted me out. You're, you're, you're back on. You're back on audio now. So okay. So we're just going to move to the um, kind of the AI AI LLM part. And the next thing I wanted to show was a, a quick short video showing another dog. This one not dead. So much happier little clip clip to lift your spirits. It shows off the scene capabilities of the Quest Three. In TrackCraft, we've shown this off on several podcasts. This is really neat. So the map is able to actually go over like couches and pillows. And in this case, a sleeping (laughs) dog. So it looks like the same dog, to be honest, though. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of does. Same sleeping dog. It's all the assets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, this uh, this dog owner just has no. He's just so he's so disrespectful. He's just driving this garbage truck right over <laughs> this poor pup. Um, I mean, it begs the question. I wonder how the first one died, but probably <laughs> it was involving a garbage truck. Uh, so this is available in your track craft implementation now. Should you want to whip out your Quest Three and play track craft, I wanted to feature that. That's just an awesome little cool. little video. That is awesome. Uh, I like how the dog just chilling there. Oh, that's great. Just chilling. Maybe alive, maybe dead. Next, we've got scene responsiveness. So this is something, this is one of the coolest things uh, that landed in the past three weeks. And we show, we actually, I think I showed it off to the crew, like just, just shortly after the end of the last recording. Um, so I wanted to show you off AI being able to snip out real world geometry and use it in a simulated experience. This is like the next stuff that's coming. Really mind-blowing technology. So I'll just narrate for the audio listeners. We're seeing a little potato head pull away a cart that in real life is not moving, but the wearer is in, let's say, a Quest 3. The little potato head then takes the cart to a nearby staircase and chucks it down, and little you know teacups and stuff fly off of the thing. The, te- the, little, the little man then goes over to and presses a button for a virtual lift that isn't really there, steps into the lift and zips away. And all the while, AI is filling in the blanks with a digital twin of the environment to essentially create a map and pretend, a pretend area. So even though the cart's really still there, the little animated creature has come in and pulled it out, throw it down the stairs. And so that's, from an entertainment value, super cool. From a health and safety perspective, the <laughs> cart is still there. You're, you're, yeah, you're gonna like, you're gonna trip over that cart. You're gonna bang into it. Whatever. Do you remember the episode that we did, the science episode on the digital twins? It's a uh, it's a long time ago we did it, uh, but we talked about exactly this. Yeah, this is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and responsiveness is is definitely something I'm very excited about when it comes, especially to like tutorials and training. Yeah, your your audio is like super gained or something. Uh, oh, try no. to do something with it, Jose. Okay, I'll keep going. So uh, the next thing that we have is just another little bit to cover, uh, which I saw a retweet from Marcus Kane, you know, our favorite um, <laughs> model leaker who partners with, uh, sadly, it's Bradley on getting images of headsets out early. Well, this is coming from Twitter account user Jean-Daniel Leroy, showing how a rapid 3D visualization in an app called Playbook XR can work in real time with AI transformation. This brings essentially real worlds to life and gets me straight on the holodeck hype train because what's happening with generative AI is they're looking around a scene around this room, furniture is being created, a potted plant is popping up. And while this is happening, there's a VR 
well, I should say VR, but VR possible 3D world being built at the same time, which is so cool. Which just it shows us we're getting closer and closer to this precipice of being able to throw a headset on, ask it to do something, and that coming through. Still bad, Jose. I'm hearing it. Still bad. I. I don't know. Try to just mute yourself while while you're trying to sort that out. Um, Adam and, and uh, Rowdy, what do you guys think of think of this? I I think personally that that this kind of stuff is always cool to see. Uh, you know, the only thing that that I wonder is like often as a designer you want to have like a certain level of control of what you create, right? Um, yeah. With these kind of things, you're a little bit more. I mean, I, I think it's nice for like concepts and like you know generating ideas and stuff like that. But like you're still gonna you're still gonna have to I think design this from a, it might make it easier. Um, get like a starting point but uh yeah. you're still gonna have quite a bit of work i think to actually design the world itself yeah yeah i think i think we're gonna get like really bare bones implementations of this in a year and it'll take us five years to get to something good you know yeah. <laughs> like, i, I think we'll especially see. like i would like to see more tools like because with a lot of these like generative ai models you get like a a, a very large set of parameters uh so mm. what, what what you can then do is like maybe if you have like a certain set of parameters then you can like maybe fine-tune certain things more so it's going to be more like 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 prompt engineering i think to design something specifically um but also what you were talking about last time like a cut down trained model that is focused on for example game dev that isn't trying to answer like open ocean everything that you say i'll give you but instead is focused on maybe trained on previous games for example so give me a duke nukem style game but in the world of lara croft you know and then boom it just yeah, kind of shows you a level that yeah. you know what i mean like because it'll be quicker to process it's more likely to get what you want right so yeah yeah for sure. you, you keep exciting me in this space yeah. rowdy it's really really cool okay almost done with the quick news <laughs> <laughs> last thing given it's a holiday season uh and for many uh, people like like me like to dip into some non-VR stuff. Uh, just wanted to touch on two accessories uh, that I've been personally drooling over. Uh, we'll be quick on these, but just to show them off and kind of put a stamp on the calendar that this happened and this is kind of exciting at this point. The first one, which I think um, Jose and I were probably uh, remotely drooling over together, was the limited colorway edition of the Steam Deck OLED, uh, which is this translucent, smoky gray with orange accent um, version of the Steam Deck. They basically re- recreated the Steam Deck, tweaked a bunch of stuff, better battery life, power draw, OLED panel, like the whole thing is just really cool and keeping within the same performance profile of the original. Um, yeah. It's great. Don't have a deck? Now's the time to get one and there's so many things you can how's do with my, it. How's my audio? Is You're perfect. Much better? Yeah. No, perfect. No, no, Talk away. I, I, man, like I, I just wanted to say like that the, the, the Steam OLED uh, revision is honestly an engineering feat um, for technology. The fact that they were able to stay within the same parameters and still innovate within the the preset, you know, layout that they were working in, especially with the when it comes to the CPU itself, making it smaller while still retaining the same form factor, and it, it's that requires so much nimble um, revisioning that it, it's it's almost like a, a breath of fresh air. Um, because we're so accustomed to like hardware at scale uh, to always take so long that we th- like this is like it, it, if there is like awards for electronic engineering like generally like the OLED is is definitely uh, you killed it man a, a just above the uh, yeah. grill picture Rowdy there's a learn more on the um, 
on the gray tr colorway just to show that one off as well. But like yeah. what you said there with, about nimble engineering, it's exactly how I feel. Mm -hmm. I remember us uh, going from the Rift CV1 to Rift S and they kept, you know, they had done some really nuanced things in that. It was a short turnaround time, but they gave us a headset that still to this day is a really, really capable cabled VR experience. And a lot of people held onto that headset for that very reason. Um, and this is very similar. So this is just, it's it's something just to shout out that people will, I think, really appreciate when they get their hands on a Steam Deck yeah. Christmas or whatever. Uh, so that's 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 the Steam Deck. There's emulation capability. There's all kinds of things you can do with it. It's a desktop computer. Literally, I'm thinking for my kids on, you know, instead of replacing a desktop computer, just buy a Steam Deck. Get an yeah. HDMI out to a monitor. Job done. It's all there in a box and it's a handheld, you know? All you need is a dock and, and away you go. Um, great. And for the same price, and they like doubled and tripled on the on the memory. It's all good. The one thing I will say after doing loads of reviews is I think the 512 gig model is the one that I would personally go for because it's got a glossy finish front for the OLED panel. So you get the proper darks, not the frosted one terabyte or limited edition model. So if you're sitting in Europe, for example, or South America, and you can't get the limited edition colorway, the kind of limited one, it's only out there as kind of a trial experiment. Don't feel too bad, because I think the best unit is actually the 512, as said by Norman Chan from Tested and a few others. They're kind of targeting the, the 512 model. Um, the next one, and this is related to kind of PSVR, PSVR 2, um, and PS5 more specifically, is the PlayStation Portal. Now, we're used to around here, things with Portal at the end of them, as long as they're not around with Valve, not necessarily meaning a good thing. You had Facebook Portal, you had, uh, there's all kinds of Portal things that are just not good. This one looks pretty nifty. Um, so this is a, for $200, a handheld device that is basically a dead screen. What I mean is, it doesn't do anything else other than connecting back to your PS5 to give you eight inches of handheld gaming. There's another important thing that it doesn't do. Doesn't do Bluetooth audio. <laughs> so you can't, I got to highlight the, the things it can't do first. It can't do Bluetooth audio. You can't have earbuds in, which would be the perfect pairing with something like this. There's literally a, for another $200, they have a special Kodak pair of earbuds you can pair with this thing. There's no way in hell I'd ever buy those. Um, I don't know the kind of cash splashing around, but the, for, for a $200 handheld, if you have an existing PS5 and like me, you find yourself ferrying it around the house I have it set for my stream downstairs. I ferry it upstairs to the television and back and forth and back and forth. And having this so I could play PS5 stuff like from upstairs, I probably wouldn't play it much out of the house. It's possible if you have a good connection, but to play it around the house like you would a Switch or a Steam Deck, it's about the footprint size of a Steam Deck. I think it's going to be a very popular Christmas present at a $200 yeah. price point. So already sold out all over the place. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to get it, but I thought I'd at least make you yearn for one. I'm yearning for those eight inches. Eight inches in the handheld. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you two are so, <laughs> such a, isn't it? I'm just not going to say anything. Let's move on. All right. Yeah, you're putting last. us to a three hour show here. You know, we, we can have a bit <laughs> we're of fun. Not there yet. fun. We're not there yet. We're, we've got time. Uh, we're on main topics now. We're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. So. A new game from Ubisoft has landed. And don't worry, if you loved Eagle Flight and you loved the giant ass nose you could have as an eagle, you could do that in Assassin's Creed. 
Nexus VR. There's a nose mode where you can add, for comfort, a nose into your assassin game. Um, this is about a time-traveling assassin who loves parkour and murdering targets with Spider-Man-like wrist blades, as Rowdy has so pleasantly put it before. I've never played an Assassin's Creed title before this, but this was my first time. You can play on Quest 3 or Quest 2. It's a standalone game. Looks pretty decent, and a lot of a lot of people are responding positively to it, particularly fans of it, a set of course, but of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, AC in my mind for the last eight years has been a set of Corsa. Um, I'm gonna tell you what I thought about it real quick, and then we're gonna open up to anyone else who's played it or seen it or yada yada yada. As I know, at least uh, Rowdy's been sitting in on some of my streams, for example. Um, the good about it is you get into it, and unlike Vampire: The Masquerade Justice, in uh, Assassin's Creed Nexus, you have what feel like quite large worlds. I would not go so far as to say open world, but I would say impressively large worlds without a lot of annoying load time, uh, with large crowds of people and fluid parkour that makes that would make Mirror's Edge absolutely cry because it's fluid, it don't fuck up a lot, it's really cool. And the final thing that I really like about it is the can I style VR gameplay. When you say, hey, can I beat this old woman to death with this mallet? Yes, you can. Um, you know, so there's a lot of that in this where you can just do kind of what you want. And I like it doesn't limit you. The bad things in it for me were the HUD. The HUD is very immersion breaking. There's a what Arcanian had said to me pre-podcast as Navi. Everyone remember Navi from the Zelda series? This annoying Navi little yellow icon that just sits there and fucking oh. floats in your vision. No matter where you're looking, you can't disable it. It's like, go over here. This is where you're supposed to be. So that's really <laughs> annoying. Um, the combat, in my opinion, was at first really cool because you're jumping off things and stabbing people and all that. And that was really nice. You could just stab NPCs if you like, but very weak after a while. Like it's, it's, it's weaker than like the original Asgard's Wrath combat and it feels clunky and janky. And then the AI and the difficulty level just wasn't enough demand for stealth from me. It felt too much like an action title, and I was hoping it would be more stealthy. Um, so my asks to Ubisoft to fix this are, let us toggle off the HUD so we can just live in that world, because you built a really, really nice world. Very, you know, several of them, Greece, kind of New England. There's a bunch of different areas you've got. And uh, I want bloodthirsty mode. Being able to kill only two NPCs at a time is is just... Not right. We, we that, need to be able to that go actually to comes from get, um, that comes from like the initial uh, Assassin's Creed games as well. That like you know where you would like really yeah you would kill like if yeah. you would kill too many villagers or too many citizens or whatever it was or people you weren't supposed to yeah. kill then it would uh, it would desynchronize Desync. because oh well, but the timeline because mm -hmm. yeah. you're visiting history, a yeah. period of time exactly. to change something that happened but you can't so kind of like Q Q no uh, Sam Bennett. Is that the person's name? The time who who no, used no. to travel? The time traveler person. Um, anyway, can't fuck up time. Okay, so it makes sense. I still want to be able to go to town. I know. Right? I like know. a big head mode. They got for, rid of that I still want the that. later ones for sure. Did they? Okay, so they should definitely bring that back then for the VR. And then just working on the combat. If they fix those three things, I think the game for me would be way more enjoyable. I went in like first two hours. I was like, oh, this is clearly a buy. And then I, I've cooled off to like a, it's a consider title. It's... It's all right. But I, I'm really curious, um, Adam, Jose, or Rowdy, have any of you had a, had a go? Yes, I have. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, Fire away. I've played probably at least three or four hours in it. Nothing spoilery. Um, I started Connor, and then that's where I left off. So I finished Cassandra. Okay. Um, but I, so I like the parkour 
what I like about it is that it actually forces me to stop being so lazy. A lot of times I'll just use the thumbstick to turn, even though I can physically turn. And you can do that here, but it's a lot faster if, if you're jumping you know, at a slightly right ankle, especially uh, angle doing the uh, parkour challenges if you just physically turn versus trying to hope that your stick can go fast enough. Uh, so parkour is actually surprisingly fun. I'm more of a fan of the stealthy kills, and I feel like this one has sort of the same issue that Vampire the Masquerade had, where it's awkward to go from, like, crouching to standing. And I know you can stealth kill people while crouched, but you kind of want to do it in the head, but it doesn't feel right. So I, when I'm... Are you I, phys- are you physically crouching or you button push crouching? Button pushing. But I guess I could oh do physical. <laughs> well, because I want to make sure I'm actually crouching, because some games are like, you're not crouching. And I'm like, I don't know how further down I can go, okay? This is squat. Yeah. So I like to make sure... <laughs> so it is, I gotta say, it does real squat detection really well. I, I almost <laughs> never had a problem where well, I was trying to... that's the technology I care about, <laughs> squat detection. Squat detection. But you know what? Another thing that I didn't like was it's very... I don't. Yeah. I couldn't find a setting for this, but it's very sensitive if you just take the... Like, a, if you dangle a controller for a second to, like, scratch oh. your ear mm. or, like, you're just chilling and your hands are too low then it like opens up the menu all of a sudden after like four seconds and i'm like i just wanted to scratch something while i'm watching this person talk to me like calm down jesus i'm here still we gotta we gotta pause on that because it will like kind of like an uh alien versus predator style radar system done in white transparent overlay if you drop your left hand to the left just a little bit off screen it starts ebbing at you instantly like, hey, you're not looking at me, you know? And so that's part of the whole HUD problem. But I agree with you, Adam. It's ridiculously overtuned or whatever. They need to eliminate that yeah, it's straight just, away. It's a complete pause. I want to watch the cutscene while I scratch my ear. Is that too much to ask for? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I get itchy, you know? But um, otherwise, I, I haven't gone through enough to give... Um, a good review of the story, obviously. Um, I feel like some of it does get some of the, not bugginess, but I guess the charms of the flat screen games where the um, the people in town are so sensitive to being bumped. And But that's true to the games. Like, if you were to just kind of lightly jostle them, they're like, whoa, like extra dramatic about it. So I don't know if that would, it's necessarily a negative. It just feels worse when you're in VR in first person. Because in third person, you kind of see how much space you've got around the people but in vr you're just like what is your problem like i'm just walking through holding my whatever I, you can't tell how close they are the, cr- the crowds are pretty impressive I, um and i got to one part where i think it was encio uh the first character and i I'd walked into a village or something and they were all reacting to me they're like oh wow and i was like oh wow i feel important like they know I'm who amazing. i am and i'm Ezio. <laughs> but the worst part was i wanted to go say hi you know Maybe a couple of blades oh, out of my wrist. Mad. Hello, a nice hug. But um, they block you off with walls. So at certain times where they're like, we want you to stay in this area, there's transparent walls that appear that as you walk towards them, it like <gasps> affects it up. Yes, those are so and, sensitive. Even opening drawers sometimes, if you lean too far into the drawer, it's like, Arr! and like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me look back here uh, and get the yeah. thing out. Felt like Resident Evil 7 on PSVR 1, which like the, the blackhead into the object mm-hmm. clipping problem, which is too sensitive and it's it's jarring and the inability to turn some of this stuff off and just be like just let me play my game smoothly please um it's not there right now they 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 need to do that they need to give us a few more options their options are pretty good there's quite a few but there's just some things that are quality of life that i think the devs could work on um so it's a it's a decent game definitely will impress and i've heard from a set of again assassin's creed Mm -hmm. fans 
that they're quite impressed with the game, um, that they're liking it a lot. Have you played AC games before then, Adam? Yes, I played like only okay. three, two or three of them. So I guess maybe this might be comparable to some of the earlier ones, how they felt, because like I don't have any comparison for the later. Did you ever have the random standing brooms that just like stand straight up? I don't know. I'm yes. sure that's a glitch, but it makes me that was laugh. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Erectile broom dysfunction, I think, is what they call that one. Um, but no, I liked I liked that they coded in. They, they obviously spent a lot of time and attention to to allow, like running through, if a player does X, how are we going to respond? Are we going to allow it to happen? Is there going to be an animation? Is the character going to react? So they did a lot of what I feel like is polish on this. The game still, it's physics and stuff. It, it's janky. Like aside from the parkour, which I feel like they nailed, a lot of the other interactions, even like door handles, like I don't know why, like I think all VR games that I've played, almost all, allow you to open doors. In this one, when you're at the end of a level, you put your arm on the on the handle and you just hold it and then it transitions. I'm like, just let me open it an inch. Just let me open it a little bit. Just give me that much, give please. Give me an inch. <laughs> give him an inch. Eight inches of handheld device. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, it, at the moment, I'm a little bit bittersweet on it. I think they could fix some of that stuff and I'd, I'd probably be happy with the game. Um, but right now... It, it, it started off feeling like better than the experience I was having in the frustrating Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, and I would still say if you had to pick one of the two titles, I'd say Assassin's Creed is probably the better of the two, is Fair. my opinion. Um, for, for me, um, yeah, I, have, I haven't played play the more. game itself yet. Uh, I did watch you stream it. I, I watched you know, some other people play it as well. Um, what, what I really liked is that it seems like a very lengthy game. Um you know, yeah. they say like around, I think, 20 hours that they've said before, which is yeah, 15 uh, to 20, which is mm -hmm. pretty decent, I think, for a VR game uh, specifically. Um, the only thing that bothered me a little bit, but of course, that's from watching videos, is that I felt the graphical fidelity to be a bit on the lower end uh, compared to what I, I mean, if you looked at the trailers, which were, you know, in game or whatever, uh, I yeah. felt that that maybe seemed a little bit higher. Of course, that could be different from like recording to actual screen. So I wanted to ask maybe from, from you guys like... Yeah, it's sharp in headset. It looks good in the headset, I would say. I wouldn't say it's Red Matter 2 level. Yeah. Uh, Red Matter 2, you go into that and you go, oh shit, it's PC VR on standalone. Yeah. But um, I would say it is It does not disappoint in headset. Yeah. It, it's a good looking It's a good looking game in, I mean, in the headset. Yeah. What's weird for me is faces. I feel like they've done something where if you're farther mm. away the face doesn't render as well and then you approach a certain distance and then it fully renders because sometimes someone will have a really, maybe it's a bug, I don't know, a really scrunched up face, almost like mm. they got pucker lips until you walk closer to them and then you're like, oh God, okay, oh, they're yes. not a messed up face. I don't know if that's a bug yeah. or a part of a performance <laughs> thing. So, sometimes there's like a Gary's mod face <laughs> on the NPCs and you're like, the feck, like it's like someone just like took too many drugs and they've got that <laughs> stupid look on their face. That and awesome. you walk up to them and then it kind of snaps yeah. back. But it does. It gave me a it gave me a Skyrim NPC feel in the game because some of the characters do feel a little bit dumb. It wasn't bad. It kind of fits with the game. The game feels a little bit silly. Um cert but I would say it's probably worse than uh you know Medal of Honor. Um those faces which were kind of goofy throughout and but they, at least they were consistently goofy. Here they're like either serious or Oh my lord! You know Billy swallowed one too many pills. So, yeah. but it's a fair shout out. So yeah, all in all, um, 
a game I could still, I think, easily recommend that people pick up at the price point because I think mm. it's like forty dollars, right? And it's it's good for that money. I think people will still enjoy it. It's just if you get into it, know that it's not going to feel like smooth, like a Half Life Alex or something like that, operating on on hand on uh, standalone. Like particularly if you're getting that on Quest Two, I think that's the way to go. The other thing I would say is, which Reddit has said a lot about, is um, there's a bit of stutter, micro stutter, I would say, in the game which is hard to show in footage depending on how you capture, but there's like, yeah, there's like a, the way the game operates is it's, it's doing asynchronous space warp. So it's taking 45 frames and then upscaling to 90. And when it has a struggle on frame rate, you see it as a stutter in that output in the game. And a lot of people are like, Oh, this is a problem. I didn't find it really to be an issue. It's there. I notice it if I look for it. But it's kind of like when does it happen a lot? Like, like is it consistent? Like, or is it does it happen like when the game is loading up, like at the beginning, like like catch is it like catch loading? Does it feel like that? Or? Dialogue or multiple menus, or it, it does seem like it's in stressed moments, but it does happen mm. regularly. It's not like it's infrequent. Yeah, I don't but, think uh, it was too it, often for me, but I was also recording, so I always I thought like, oh crap, I'm doing too much because it, it almost feels like a headset about to crash lag. You know, like. Uh, yes. so it's like temp like uh, let's see what happens but it's very short and, and again I, very short. I may have attributed it to i'm recording and playing a you know intense game so maybe i don't know i'm just now i'm used to it <laughs> no i mean i had it. it wasn't too bad and i was hitting the headset i was playing with it charging the battery i was screen copying and casting all at the same time so i was hitting it with everything it could and it was totally fine so i think people will be all right i think they're gonna iron that out it's a quest three problem at the moment i hear so uh, with that, sounds like we generally had a good time uh, with that game. Good. Uh, certainly no thumbs down around it. Uh, if, you, if you like that kind of game, go for it. Uh, would I recommend Rowdy go for it? I, I think it sits in the same spot that like Horizon Call of the Mountain sits, which is good implementation. Maybe maybe a, maybe a great implementation, depending on your point of view. Um, but it just makes you want for the full fat experience. So again, this is a VR uh, expression of what the full game can give you. And so again, yeah. just like I felt like with horizon zero dawn, I now Why? want a full fat assassin's creed with the same implementation they have, um, delivered, but they don't shy away. You can jump off buildings into hay barrels, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. That's what the game you know. is all about. <laughs> I assumed it was, I assumed it was and, and jump killing someone, feels fucking great okay so always wanted to do that in a game jumping and stabbing someone i just felt like baraka at a mortal Kombat. so uh, <laughs> on to the second topic then uh we're on to arizona sunshine 2 uh just recently teased by vertigo games um so i just wanted to cover this off uh kind of brief topic but the arizona sunshine one was it was a great game they've done after the fall since then so they've certainly sharpened their multiplayer and co-op blade the first game could be played co-op i played it with my wife i remember back in the day on on quest and on pc vr um now you've got a dog companion who comes right in and uh you're right back in there amongst the freds and the nice thing is it looks like they've kind of they've got the slow zombie hordes um in so it's not the runners that we had in after the fall but we're still there with the Arizona Sunshine Universe, still with the same voice uh, artist uh, delivering what were originally like one of the best accolades of of audio uh, for the first game. So really glad about that. Some fun stuff. You can throw a, a zombie limb and have the dog fetch it. You can punch a grenade into a zombie's mouth and have them erupt. All that kind of stuff. One thing I didn't see, and I wonder if they're steering away from it, 
was uh, Dark Levels. I'm kind of looking forward to the caves from the first game because there was a really eerie one where zombies were coming at you in the dark. You were trying to get a like a oh, mechanical the, yeah, the lift. Shaft area. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was that was a that was a bit of a tra- yeah, bit of trauma, that. wasn't yeah, it? No. Uh, back then, I'm sure we dragged Jose down there kicking and screaming. Yeah. And um, that would be fun. But I, I really like <laughs> slow great. hordes, and so I hope that the body count, which I remember Rowdy and I got to see this in their office, um, was when they were showing us after the fall about a year and a half, maybe two years before it, it launched, they showed the number of bodies. And I was like, there's no way this is going to hit after the fall when it finally comes out. And they did it. And it, it there's loads of bodies. I, I still don't know how they do it technically. But if that comes in this, coupled with the wonderful story they had, the voice acting, and now great co-op, plus a dog... As long as you can pet the dog, I think we're in for a great ride with Arizona Sunshine. So, uh, curious. Uh, you guys fans of the original? I think, Rowdy, you are. Yep, I did. I played the, <laughs> played yes. the game fully from the beginning to the end. Uh, so good. I mean, it, it was one of the first VR games that was like a like a shooter and story-driven as well, uh, I think. Yep. Uh, which was really appreciated back at that time it looked visually really nice it was set in arizona so it has this more like a like a you know like a sunny kind of environment you know like it's a uh, very bright and very colored which i thought was just awesome um and they're dutch so you know like it's uh it was a little <laughs> bit of like a like a like a home run for me um yeah so that was uh i think that was kind of cool i like the brights as well the like the light areas is something that zombie yeah. games don't do enough yeah. and they kind of capitalized on it at a time that we had on the flip side you mentioned it earlier this podcast raw data where you have cybernetic basically zombies coming after you that you have to slay from servios and on the flip side we had vertigo games kicking off with this so yeah. those were two awesome multiplayer the big, games the big the difference time. was that this one really had a story you know that was that yeah. was it yeah that was Wave, basically, yeah. yeah, with a very light bit brim story. What about you, Jose? Uh, being in the arcade uh, space, I imagine that you yeah, at least know uh, that's it. Actually the, oh, yeah, no, Arizona Sunshine is still to this day like a, a, a must-install for the arcades, especially for the co-op story, the horde mode. Um, after the fall has kind of been, weirdly enough, Vertigo really doubles down in their arcade-specific sector. They they like to build games yeah. by learning so much that they learn from arcades, right? They They... they Still, I don't know if they're rebranding it, but they are the owners of Springboard VR. Um, so they, they they know arcades really well. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the second one. Because one of the, the biggest contention points that people had with the first one is they wanted a four-player, you know, potential oh, yes. co-op. Mm. And, and, and after the faults showed them, they, they have the data that four-player co-ops... Are exciting, so I'm hoping that they have like a, a new horde oh, mode cool. that they have. Installed. Well, I, I hope that you could play the co-op, the 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 campaign with four people. That would be neat. Yeah, that would be. If we did an F amazing. reality run of Arizona, yes. hell yeah! Oh my god! I, I, I wanted to put away aside my fears for that one. Yeah, I I think it's only going to be co-op, <laughs> is my my guess, yeah. but that's okay. That's okay. As you said, if they did a horde mode, that's that's kind of fun too, where you're all you're covering your sector, DLC so, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You a big fan of Arizona then? Um, <laughs> the state or Hell the game? yes i didn't even watch the live stream because i was like quit digging you already struck oil i'm gonna get it like i don't need to yep. know anymore yep. i'm buying it that was, that was i think was one of the wow. first co-op yep. games i played with my husband too and and then it was sort of set the bar of like story co-op games after that i'm like i want them to be like arizona sunshine that was fun you actually got to explore in that one and do dumb stuff <laughs> 
So I can't yeah, wait. I agree. And chat was asking, I don't know if there's going to be an, uh, another VR arcade version of this or not, if there's going to be a derivative so. off split. I'm going to say likely, knowing Vertigo, but like between Vertigo and Resolution, there's, a, there's just a few companies that have just been killing it over the years. And so... I have no concerns. Um, Same. Uh, and crash fire away. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All right. So with that, let's go ahead for our desserts. Um, next in our feeding trough of VR news, we have releases by Jose, our uh, skilled game oh, curator. What's been happening out there in the land of releases, my man? All right. Let me make sure to have that open. All right. So I'm going to give you guys a short list. I unfortunately didn't play a lot of games, but I got two. So the first one I have is Stranger Things VR. Oh boy. Um, you get to play on and take on the role of Vecna. Um, oh no! no. <laughs> <laughs> so Stranger Things VR is you, coming. You become to the role of West. Vecna. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe finish Vecna. it off here. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Stranger Things fan. So I don't know if you guys are as well, but like, I got yeah. into this yeah. quite late. And I've been like, uh, I mean, especially the music in it, like it's it's so well okay. done. So I hope that this becomes like a little bit of an audio version as well. Uh, but uh, uh, Jose texted me, he said it was coming available November 30th. It's Quest only. It's uh, 29.99 uh, USD or 24.07 pounds. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Stranger Things VR, which is that's nice. looking pretty I awesome. Like, I really like the art style, given the fact that they're going for standalone. It reminds me of that other um, Lies Beneath game. Yes. That yeah. I like the styling of a lot. I never finished it because it was too hard. I got caught on one part, but this one I hope to finish. It looks looks really cool. You know what I picked up recently for my kids, which still exists? Choose Your Own Adventure, have a Stranger Things book. So you can go what? through and like go to the dark side with Vecna and all oh, this. That's awesome. perfect for kids. That's, That's so cool. cool. So cool. And especially also like the, the time that it's set in. And they've done like, like quite a few things in virtual reality as well. But this looks like the first one that is actually like done proper. Like, you know, like something that is like has some yeah. meat to it, uh, which looks kind of cool. But yeah. Yeah. No, great. Nice title. And it looks like Jose's back. So pick it up with yep. the second title. Yes. So we got Cookie Run, The Darkest Night, Chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a reason why I specifically picked this game. One, it is uh it's a first person, I think it's like a roguelike adventure game, but you take on the role of I guess a the cookie, like uh like a little gingerbread cookie man. And the voice of the oh. character in the trailer sounds a lot like the gingerbread cookie man from the Shrek movie. <laughs> All right. And the it, it's it's really it's hyper interested it comes out on november 30th it's a quest only game it looks like 24.99 us wow. 20 pounds and the, the 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 reason i wanted to talk specifically about this because of course a wacky you know silly uh roguelike type game is we often play games and our result is a great example of this is we often are kind of being put to build the character or play into the role but it's some it's very exhilarating when you're actually playing a character that you actually ha get to hear their feedback mm. right where when you play Arizona Sunshine you heard his cheesy jokes and all that you got to you know that you're in you are playing this character and it's similar to the cookie to cookie run where you can hear the in the trailer his reactions this is and so like cool the, is this is this right? off of something <laughs> like is this its own ip i've never seen this before cookie run the darkest night looks like it's off yeah. of a film or some other existing ip almost because it's got the double title 
Any idea? Right. I I don't know. Huh. I think that I think they're trying to build. I don't know. Maybe they're building like a, the Cookie Run uh, trilogy uh, <laughs> universe. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm worried it's like um, uh, Tarzan, where we had like three chapters oh, committed and then yeah. it, it fell apart, kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. If if the, if the humor is good, like based on what I, I saw on the on the trailer, I, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be more charming than you know than fun, I guess per se. No. Uh, I, I'm a really big sucker for those types of games, especially when when you play in VR. They all kind of feel the same. I like games that kind of just feel wacky in its own, and and I, I love the like at the end of the at the trailer, the cool you see pick. like the character. Yeah, I thought this the, was the definitely going to be Steam because like it's yeah. just totally out of like left field. Right, things keep doing this. <laughs> keep, they keep dropping, and I'm like, where where you didn't say anything or it never hit any of my feeds anywhere. I don't know. It's great. I, I'm not complaining, but there are a lot of things to play. Like even Vertigo Two for. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. there's so many things. And that's exactly it. I, I feel like everybody knows that the big games, so I might as well come with the, with yeah. the wacky, silly, Please. unexpected games. And yeah, Cookie so that's Cookie Run the Darkest Night, November 30th. It is a Quest-only game. Um, I highly recommend you you watch the trailer with audio. It, it's it's pretty uh, charming is a good word. And, and yeah, if you like the Shrek movie and the, the and you like the gingerbread man, it's like you can tell that that's what they're planning. <laughs> like the screeches and the screams. I'm like, I'm a sucker for that. So... Yeah, so those are the two games I have. I do have some honorable mentions. Um, first one is Demio Battles, and we, we spoke about it quite a bit. Um, I know it just released, but it's definitely a game that I definitely want to harbor on that people should definitely pick up we, and play. We should, we should play that? it. The four of us should, should yes. definitely play yes. that oh, if we God. can. I'll, I'll get in touch with the devs because uh, Rowdy needs to bite back after we sacrificed him over and we over and over. changed that reality crew, and it's still the same story. <laughs> 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 Tells you something, doesn't it, Rowdy? Maybe I'll get better. The weak one. I'll get better at it. I promise. I pra I practice this time. I'll be better this time. I'll be terrible. So that, that, and the second one is uh, there is no yet announcement, but Breachers uh, finally is going to hit PSVR two. Um, I believe it's sometime wow. this month. Yeah. So hopefully with the next two weeks, uh, they they haven't really confirmed that really sketchy on why they have don't want to confirm the date but it makes me think that they really want to make sure that they have their best foot forward they have seen some games that release on psvr2 in the shooter um side of things and i think that they got scared um as they should um I, I, you, a bad game is forever where a decently good enough game can be improved upon so that's coming out soon so and much. yeah those are the four games i wanted to, Damn. to list. thank you dude and um literally minutes before the podcast one of the older uh, launch titles for Rift CV1 is bringing out a new title. So I have to announce it here. Um, Rowdy, I think you have a link for me for this. Yeah. So this is Dragonfront Rising. Dragonfront was a battler card game, which Palmer Lucky loved and used to say it was his kind of favorite thing launching on CV1. And man, I loved it. We had a great like card catalog. You build up a deck, you fight other people online. You have a series, almost like a chessboard in front of you, where you place your pieces in the advance forward to then strike the enemy. Very strategic. We don't get enough strategy yes. games in VR. So to see this now come coming back, and it's out. It's out now. Uh, MetaQuest 2, Quest 3, and Quest Pro from High Voltage Software. I haven't seen from them in years, and all of a sudden they just drop it out of nowhere. So if you enjoyed that and you've been missing it, great. Otherwise, uh, go right ahead and uh, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Uh, see, check it out. Look at it. You know, see if you're a card game battler type person. 
this is one it's coming in vr and uh it's got my uh got my little nudge but those were great um jose thanks very much for giving you your your inputs on on the picks of the litter for this week <laughs> and with that we are going to wrap things up for the show today sorry for the um audio interruptions there at the beginning little uh things happening to us then and there we have been changing our platform so that's you know something was going to happen i'm glad the video at least was stable throughout um and that's all caught up so if you have any last words chat to be saying uh do so now uh and if you'd like to catch the next one of these well the f reality podcast runs on a two-weekly cycle every other saturday on youtube and twitch the crew bark at the moon live at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and 6 p.m in the uk for our audio listeners particularly those on the go and with more things to do uh, than some of our couch competition champions we have soundcloud spotify and itunes for listening in the car in the shower wherever you want to listen rowdy gives you an audio blessing midweek every week well thanks again to vertex for our sponsor go check out vertex stadium and i want to thank our long time audience for hanging with f reality and jiving with us today this is always the highlight of my month and i hope it's the same for these f reality freeloaders <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, with that, uh, I just want to have a quick dip into chat. Do we see anything in there, ladies and gents? Or? Someone's listening to us from the shower. Pretty cool. Oh, really? <laughs> Longest amazing. shower you'll ever take. Yeah, you two heard, hour and a half. The boys will be getting you us like, I'm going to take a shower. Super wrinkly now. Go. That's right. Sexy, <laughs> sexy, sexy sex spot. Yeah. Rowdy. That sounds good. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. With that, well, thanks again. Provided I survive seeing Tool. Then, um, for the third time ever, uh, later this week, we'll see you all on the next F-Reality Podcast. Take care. Bye.